Welcome everyone to our 70th episode of DNA Takeover 7-0. And uh, today's quote of the week is, um, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. We're going right off the bat. You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. And that's an iconic one. I feel like everyone knows who said that. That was said by Wayne Gretzky. So, um, yeah, short and sweet today. I love it. I love that. That one's so amazing. You miss, you just, sometimes you just got to shoot your shot, man. You that. That also, you know, even though it's so simple, it also builds into, like, confidence. It goes into everything else. Like, it depends on how you take it. I love that quote. Mm-hmm. And, and also, it also ties into, if you don't take a shot, then you never, you know, you never get to have the opportunity, whatever. You never see yourself be successful. But also, it's like, people look more at the success story than they do look at the problems. For example, if you make, in basketball terms, if you make one game-winning shot and you miss the last 20, Everyone's gonna be talking about that one you made instead of the last nineteen that you missed. Mm-hmm. Definitely, man. At least, well, here at DU Takeover, you're talking about that one game winning shot, but we also would definitely get at you for missing those nineteen shots. You know what I'm saying? We break it down <laughs> over here. What's it called? Now nah, I'm only, I'm only, I'm joking around, but um, yeah, man, I love that quote. Great quote, man. Say it one more time for us. Say it one more time for us, and we'll get going. Awesome. So the quote of the week is: "You miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take," and I said bye. Hockey legend Wayne Gretzky, so shout out to him. And um, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, we, will, we move on to our next segment called the Meet Me at the Rim segment, other known as our basketball segment and our NBA segment. And um, we got to go into a couple games that happened on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, some of our prediction games. And uh, Eric, before we got a game on Thursday, March 3rd, and I believe it's my game. So if you don't mind, I, I'll throw it over to you. Yeah, man. Um, This game was... I mean, it wasn't like that close, but when I tell you it was, it was superstar versus superstar, a hundred and ten percent on that one, man. Ladies and gentlemen, on Thursday, I believe it was March third, right? David had made a prediction on the Grizzlies versus the Celtics. Now, before I even go into this, I just want to up you got update you guys on the score. Right now, it's one fourteen to one hundred six, David. I'm trying so hard to catch him, so hard, but every every single episode, the dude either maintains the lead or he makes it bigger. So. We'll see what happens this episode. But um, David had said that the Celtics were going to win 117-108. to 108, And my gosh, were you close with that score? That's scary. It was 120-107 to 107 to the Celtics. Very close, David. Man, that's that's a, that's a close score right there. But we cannot give, give you a point for the team. However, we can't give you a point for the score. You also said that Jason Tatum would have 25-plus points and 5-plus rebounds. And Jason Tatum, man, he got the dump for you. He had 6 rebounds. And 37 points, man. Dude is, in, is on an absolute tear. Um, great game for Jason Tatum right there. So you get another point for that. Then you said that John Morant would have 30-plus points. And, boy, did not disappoint, man. He got you eight extra as well. He had 38 points, man. So you come out three out of four, man, on that prediction. And you improve your score up to 117. Oh, my gosh. David, how are you feeling about this right now, man? I'm kind of bummed that they didn't get the score. Like, literally off by three points on the Celtics score and one point off the Grizzlies. It's kind of disappointing, but, you know, we'll take it. Hey, man. Yeah, you still got the three, man. What do you mean? We'll take it. Of course you'll take it, bro. That's amazing still. But, um, hey, man, let's break down this game really quick. Um, We'll start off with the Memphis Grizzlies. And, ladies and I also want to apologize if I do sound a little bit nasally or anything like that. I've been a little bit under the weather. So, <gasps> bear with me. What happened? Me too. 
I said, yeah. <gasps> I gasped. Bear, bear, with, bear with us if um, if you like hear a little bit of nasal in in in, in our voice, man. But oh my god, it's it's allergy, allergy season is coming. That's all I can say. But um, without further ado, man, we'll start off with the Memphis Grizzlies and leading the team in scoring was no other man than this guy. This guy is ah, uh, he's a star. He's a he's a stud. He's a, he's Probably in a lot of your guys' MVP candidates, or like one of your guys' MVP candidates, is John Moran, man. John Moran is taken this year by storm. He had 38 points, 7 assists, 4 rebounds in this game. He did have 2 turnovers, but he shot 13 for 29 from the field. David, can you give me a percentage of that really quick? That is 45% from the field. 45% from the field. That's absolutely insane. Also, you know what? Wait, I might have to not ask you for that anymore. I'm not going to lie. I might be able to just, hold on. Let's test that. Because, you know, I look at, I, I know you look at NBA.com, right? Don't you look at NBA.com for the most part? I do. I do. I, you know, I look at, um, I look at, at ESPN sometimes, right? I, I, I like vary, but I have the NBA, NBA app right now. So I see where you get the percentages from. So it's like perfect. There you go. There you go. You know I what I mean? But, people, you're trying to, you're trying to expose my secret. I, I'm not here thinking that I do, everyone thinks I do the math. On the spot, and you're out here exposing me, so I see how it is. I nah, do the math on the spot. I, I do. I actually do believe sometimes you actually do the math on the spot. I'm not gonna lie. I do. <laughs> I do believe you're very much capable of doing that. Like I'm not even joking. But what's it called? Going on from that, man. Yeah, John Morant. He was four for twelve from the three point um um three point line, and that's a hundred percent from the free throw, which is a great game for him. Um, after him, man, you had. Jaron Jackson Jr. with 20 points. Um, he had 20 points, one assist, seven rebounds, one block. He did have two turnovers, however. Um, and from the field, man, Jaron Jackson shot 50% from the field and um, 20% from the three-point line, but that's pretty much what we got from him. And then after that, the, um, the third highest leading scorer on the team um, was Desmond Bain. He had 17 points, seven rebounds, one assist, one steal. Um, and overall, man, after that, it was just lackluster, bro. There was not a single... Other person in double digits. It was a struggling night other than for, for the rest of the team, man. But we'll go on to the winners, the Boston Celtics. And my gosh, we got to talk about the man of the hour right now. Well, the man in form, if I do say so myself, man. Jason Tatum, he had 37 points, six rebounds, five assists, one block. He, oh, however, he had six turnovers. Jeez, that was it's a little ugly cancel stat right there. But, cancel it out. You but, cancel it out. Yeah, we can't, you cancel it out with the 37 points. Am I right? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. But, um. Also, he shot 50, 56% from the field and 28.6% from the three-point line. We'll round it up to, to 29, but either way, um, very good game for Jason Tatum overall. Then after that, you had um, Al Horford, man, a veteran in Al Horford having 21 points, 15 rebounds, five assists, two blocks, and two turnovers. Great game for Al Horford. Also, shot 50% from the field and 50% from the three-point line. He was efficient as efficient can be. Um, in that game, and then the third highest scorer was Marcus Smart. He had 18 points, two rebounds, and 12 assists, man. Double-doubles all around for everyone over in this game. And then he also had three turnovers to go along with it. But Marcus Smart, man, doing um, the Celtics a favor, shooting 41% from the field and 44% from the three-point line. Absolutely great stats. And then a couple of honorable mentions from that. You had um, Robin, um, Robert Williams with 10 points, 12 rebounds. He also had three steals and three blocks in that game. Absolutely insane. I mean, off the bench, you had Derek White, um, 12 points. We all know how if, um, important he's been for the Celtics team. And you had um, 
Williams um, with 11 points as well. But, David, man, break this d- game down for us. What do you really want to talk about in this game? Who are you, like, break it all down, man. Go into it. Let's see. Let's hear it. I got you. And um, I got to talk about the Celtics. And um, I've been giving them a lot of praise after I, I think that they schemed the San Antonio Spurs for that trade for Derek White. I mean, I feel like I feel like I've been saying this for a long time, and Eric can Eric can back me up on this. But like, I've been saying the reason why the Boston Celtics are so good, and I know it's not just one player; everyone else is playing good. But the main reason, in my opinion, is getting the addition of Derek White. Derek White for this team is so important. Not only is he good as a scorer; I mean, he only shot forty percent, but usually he shoots above fifty percent and shoots really efficiently from three. And this game, he shot fifty percent from three, so he's he can do that. And he had 12 points off the bench. Solid numbers. But he also gives you good defense. Uh, you know, he only had one block in this game. But in the last five games, if you look at it, he had one steal, three blocks against Indiana. And he had one block against Detroit. He had another block against Atlanta. And then Memphis, he has a block as well. So, like, he's also a defensive juggernaut as well in terms of getting transition steals and points and causing turnovers as well. So, he's only averaging 14 points on the season. So he's right at his average with 12 points, almost like two points off in a sense. But I think having him on the bench is a huge, huge asset for this Boston Celtics team. Because if he wasn't on the bench, they had Josh Josh Richardson, who they traded to the Spurs. And I forgot, Romeo Langford, I think it was the other one. And let's be honest, those two guys were not really producing what the Boston Celtics were expecting of them this season. And now you get Derek White, a guy who can put you at least 10-plus points a night. So now you don't have to really worry about your your bench scoring as much. And now it puts less pressure on Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown to produce numbers in the starting lineup, even though now they're going off. But they don't really have to produce that much because they got Derek White on the bench giving them those numbers when they're sitting out. But other than that, I think also what's been improving as well is Marcus Smart. Obviously, he had an injury. He's coming back from his injury. He's slowly getting back. And But since he's been back, the Boston Celtics have been a complete team. Um, him at the point in the last in the last five games he had this year assist columns assist numbers he had seven assists seven assists five assists twelve assists and nine assists so this is the last five games and assist uh, totals that he had and he's just basically been the facilitator of this team because when he was out they had to rely on Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum to primarily be um, the playmakers and when Jason Tatum is primarily a scorer in my opinion and uh, so is um Jalen Brown but um I think. Marcus Smart, being that playmaker as he is, and also great on defense as well, is producing numbers for this Boston Celtics team. They are looking complete. They are looking great. And uh, this reminds me of what Marcus Smart said in a press conference, a post-game conference, pre-game conference. I forgot what it was, but it was one of those interview things. When the Celtics were in a slump, he stated to the media, he's like, guys, he's talking about his team. He's like, guys, we need to pass the ball more. People were like, oh, my gosh, he's criticizing the Boston Celtics. But – I mean, Celtics looked at it and they changed from it because obviously they are passing the ball a lot more. They had 33 assists in this game. Absolutely insane. So, I mean, sometimes you just need a little bit of a pep talk from one of your, one of your solid players on the team. You know, I think you really hit the nail on the head on that one, man. Um, the Celtics have been clicking lately. Like, they, like one, of the, one of the hottest teams in the league right now, if I know myself. But, like... Um, like you said, Derek White's a big piece to this, obviously. I feel like once, like, I agree with you, once they kind of got Derek White, every, a, flip, a switch just flipped. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know 
how I don't know what it did, but it not only did Derek White like add to this team, obviously, but the whole team started playing better. It was absolutely insane. Also, like you said, man, I wasn't gonna mention his name, but like you hit again, you hit the nail on the head. Marcus Smart, um, he stepped up in immensely. He stepped up, has stepped up so much for this team, and I think I t- I can tell you right now, I could never imagine. Like, for me personally, I just would never imagine Mark Smart having a game like this. You know what I mean? Like, 18 points, 12 assists. I know he's a great player and all, but, like, dang, like, this is a this is a really good game. You know what I mean? Like, Marcus Smart is really stepping up to, to the table, especially when you really look at it. They're missing Jalen Brown in this game. You know what I'm saying? So, it's, like, the fact that you have someone like Al Horford that, that was able to do um, get the 21 points for them that night and 15 rebounds. Um, Robin Williams Rob, – I keep calling him Robin. Robert Williams, bro, also defensive juggernaut. Um, we already we everyone already knows this in the league, man. Robert Robert Williams is a great paint protector. Um, so that's amazing, man. All paint slash rim, whatever you want to call it, man. Um, also, but we we gotta give the most credit to Jason Tatum as well, bro. Like Jason Tatum, he's just a such a bona fide stud, you know. And in the beginning of the season, started off a little bit slow, right? Still made the all-star game because he was still like amazing, even though he was slow, like he was still better than most people in the league, which is insane, right? But then the last couple of games, he's just been out of this world, you know? So it's been absolutely insane. Um, and congrats to him, honestly. And really quick, before I have, a, I have a question to ask you, but I want to talk about the Memphis Grizzlies really quick. Obviously, we already know the Memphis Grizzlies are a great team. You know, this is just an L. But um, you look at this game, and who are they missing, realistically? They're not missing anybody. They're really, really I, I, I can't see one person that they're missing. Am Dylan I missing? Brooks. That's it. Just uh, Dylan Brooks. Yeah, Dylan Brooks. But Dylan Brooks has been out for darn near the entire season. You know what I mean? But um, so I won't really count Dylan Brooks. I know he's a big part of it, but he's been out darn near the season, so we've just seen this regular Grizzly squad for the most part, right? Um, ah, Grizzlies, man. You just look at this, and obviously, Jod had a great game. Jared Jackson didn't play bad. He could have played better. Right, um, Desmond Bain obviously could have played better as well, but this is a. I know many people will look at this as a big game, but for me, like especially being the fact that I picked the Grizzlies as fraudulent, right? This is a big game for me, right? Personally, because you get this is a team, a team that has playoff experience in the in the Boston Celtics, right? Um, and you're going up them, you're going up against them at a hundred percent, and the Celtics are not hundred percent because they're missing one of the better one, the second best player in the team, right? So when you guys lose by plus ten. To me, it's like you, you, you got to do better. You have to do better. If you want to be – like, you can be great in, in the regular season, but if you really want to be that team in the postseason, right, games like this matter. You know, Especially if you lose them, you lose them, right? But it can't be by plus 10. You know what I'm saying? It's got to be a close game. You got to be in the game. You know what I'm saying? And it's going to be – you got to also remember, this is going to be a seven-game series. Obviously, they wouldn't see each other if, if, if this was a final. They wouldn't see each other to the finals. But you're gonna come up, come up against good teams like this. So um, I think that's a big factor, and also the fact that obviously you look at the team, and it was just John Morant, Jaron Jackson, and a little bit of Desmond Bain. Everyone else was just nowhere to be found. I mean, you had Kyle Anderson who had six steals, but like that, that's amazing. But there was nothing else really from the team that they they needed a lot more in order to really make this game closer. So that's a big thing to look at. But overall. Grizzlies fans, that's getting you really don't really have anything to be worried about. You guys are gonna make the postseason easily, and um, we'll see how far you guys get from there. Because I, I'm predicting 
a little bit of an upset. I don't know who they're gonna verse, so it depends on who they verse first. But I'm predicting an upset. But David, I want to ask you a question, man. Um, okay. Boston Celtics. I asked you last time, I'm like, are they the real deal? You said yes. You believe they're the real deal. Are they? Are they title contenders now at this point? Can we safely say that the Boston Celtics are title contenders? Because like I feel as if like saying they're the real deal is one thing, right? Because in the beginning of the season, they were garbage in the beginning of the season. At one point, they were like the 11th or 12th seed. They were out of the play and they were doing terrible. Now they're the sixth, or no, they're the fifth seed now, if anything, right? Aren't they the fifth they seed? They are, now? in fact, the fifth seed. Yeah, they beat the Cavs out. So are they not only real? We know that they're the real deal, but are they title contenders? Um, I'm not to say yes, but only Ooh. if Jason Tatum keeps on producing numbers like this. Only if Jason Tatum can produce numbers like this. It seems like pretty obvious, right? That Jason Tatum has to score thirty plus in order for them to be title contenders. But I think I've seen enough of the Boston Celtics to be confident that this team can actually sustain a winning streak against solid teams. I mean, obviously you just saw them versus Memphis, and they beat them by plus ten. And right now they're on a three-game winning streak. In the last ten games, they're eight and two, and they just look like a stud, stud team. And if anyone doesn't know, uh, yesterday they beat our beloved Brooklyn Nets with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. So, and if if, if I do my if I do say so myself, I think the Nets are a title-contending team, not at the moment, but with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving on the court, it sure makes a nice, nice like nice resume for the Celtics to add on for their title contending for the season, but. I think that they are a solid team. Obviously, they got that defense in Robert Williams in the paint. He got three steals, three blocks. He's literally been a juggernaut. Also, Al Horford can do that for them. Um, Jason Tatum can lead them in the scoring column like he always done for throughout his whole Celtic career. And uh, also, when you get Jalen Brown, he can do a little bit of everything. And he got Marcus Smart as a playmaker, Derek White off the bench. It's like they have all the right pieces. So I think, yeah, why not? The way they've been playing against really good teams, I think, yeah, they have a good, really good shot at being title competitors. That's a very um, interesting take, and I don't. I'm not against it. You know what I mean? They've been doing well. Um, again, I I view them more as a team that like I kind of do. I put them in the same boat. I put them in the same boat as the Miami Heat, right? Like you just can't. You obviously you would never take any of these teams lightly. You know what I mean? But like, you really have to have your best game against these teams because if you don't, they're gonna win. They're just too well-rounded, too good. You know what I'm saying? But I still believe that, like, at certain at other teams' best compared to, like, the Celtics' best or the Miami Heat's best, I think other teams can get the edge over them, right? When it, And obviously, I'm talking more of the future. I think in the future this is going to happen, right? Um, obviously, right now, these two teams are extremely high and, like, no one's going to really beat them. You know what I'm saying? But um, in the future, I feel like that will be the case. So... But, hey, man, I don't disagree. I don't disagree, man. It's just weird to say that because in the beginning of the season, they were literally so bad. It was insane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's so true. But they made the right moves. They made the right trades, and they got their they got their, their bench, and Jason Tatum's been stepping up. Most definitely, man. Most definitely. But um, other than that, man, that's all I got to cover in the game. Do you have anything else you want to say in the game? That's pretty much it. For the Grizzlies fans, nothing really much to worry about. You know, you lost by 13, you're still without Dylan Brooks. I think he's a big part of that. But also, it was just an off night for your other bench players like Brandon Clark and uh, Kyle Anderson in the scoring department and DeAnthony Melton as well. Those guys averaged 10 points uh, or 8 points, 9 points easily throughout the season. So, I think it was just a slow night for them. Most definitely, man. But 
without further ado, man, I throw it back. I throw it over to you so we can get to the next game. Sounds good, my sir. And ladies and gentlemen, move on to uh, on a Friday game, which is the Bucks versus the Bulls game. And um, ladies and gentlemen, Eric said that the Bucks, Milwaukee Bucks, are going to come out with the victory, one twelve to one hundred eight against the the Chicago Bulls. And Eric, you are correct on the team. However, the score is one eighteen to one twelve. Uh, Milwaukee, so I give you a point for the team, not the score. You also said that Giannis Antetokounmpo was going to have a double-double, and Giannis Antetokounmpo shows up to the game with a double-double. He had 34 points and 16 rebounds, so I can give you a point for that. And you also said that um, DeMar DeRozan was going to have 20-plus points, and DeMar had 29. So um, I can give you another point for that. You get three out of four for that, and it brings your total up to 109, currently 117 to 109. So solid Let's numbers go! Solid numbers for you, solid numbers for you. But um, let's dive deep into the Chicago Bulls stats. This is a really interesting game. And um, for, my, for a Chicago Bulls team that has been a little bit slow as of recently, they lost, uh, lost four in a row right now. Their last ten games are six and four. So they're, they're hitting a little bit of a bumpy road right now. But they needed this W. Unfortunately, they couldn't get it because Milwaukee, they had the, they had the firepower. And, but we move on to the Chicago Bulls side. And the leading scorer was, in fact, not DeMar DeRozan. It was Zach Levine. Zach Levine, a name that you haven't really heard about in a long time, in my opinion. I feel like DeMar DeRozan has been shutting out <laughs> Zach Levine's name a little bit. But, I mean, can you blame him? He's been DeMar has been, like, putting up 30-plus points in, like, 10 straight games. But Zach Levine had 30 points in this game, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, 1 steal, only 1 turnover. He shot 50% from the field, only shooting 30% from 3, which is solid, but not the best. And then we move on to the second highest score, which is, in fact, DeMar DeRozan. With 29 points, three rebounds, five assists, one steal, one block, and only two turnovers. Shot 37% from the field and 67% from three. Great game from DeMar. Not going to lie. But now, after that, we get help from Vucevic. Nikola Vucevic with 19 points, nine rebounds, two assists, two steals, only three turnovers. But then after that, it's kind of like crickets. No one else participated. Mediocre. Um, no one else went into double figures in this game. Not even Kobe White. Not even Ayo Desumu or Derek Jones, no one else, no one else participated and gave 10 points. But other than that, let's move on to the Milwaukee Bucks side and the defending champs, Milwaukee Bucks. I got to give them a little credit. And um, the leading scorer was, in fact, Giannis Antetokounmpo with 34 points, 16 rebounds, five assists, two steals, one block, and four turnovers, shooting 55% from the field. And, oh, I haven't seen these numbers in a long time since last year. From the free throw line, he shot 53%. Oh, <laughs> I haven't seen that since the playoffs. Oh, my gosh. But he's not. he's been doing pretty good in that in that free throw line throughout the season. But just an off night. But great game for Giannis. And then after that, he got a little help from Drew Holiday with 26 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, 1 block, no turnovers. We love that. With shooting 50% from the field and 50% from 3. And then also help from Chris Milton, the mini big three with 22 points, six rebounds, seven assists. He did have six turnovers. I mean, I think he's trying to be a little bit like Russell Westbrook. I'm not going to lie. I'll love Chris. I'll, I'll love. But he's shooting 60% from the field and 25% from three. And then after that, you get help from Bobby Porter's with 12 points, seven rebounds. And then also another quiet night for the bench also on the Milwaukee Bucks. No one else in double figures. So, Eric, by looking at these, both of these teams where basically their stars were leading the charge and the bench weren't doing anything for this team, why do you think the Milwaukee Bucks, Milwaukee Bucks came out with this victory? You know, David, great question, but honestly, I think it has a simple answer. And 
when you match up the star for star, I think the, the Milwaukee Bucks are just better. You know what I mean? Power. Yeah, when you match with the star power, it's just the Milwaukee Bucks are just a better team. You look at it, man. Also, let's be honest. Let's be honest. This is not the same. Even though DeMar had 29 let's points. Honest. Let's be honest. Sorry, I had to say it. Oh, let's be honest. I see what you did there. No, I like that mm-hmm. one. I, but um, what's it called? Even though DeMar DeRozan still had a great game, right? He had 29 points. This isn't the DeMar that we saw like, what, like a week ago or two weeks ago when he was dropping, like, 38 points, like, 35 points per game. It was ridiculous, right? So, and you look at you look at Giannis' stats, obviously, 34.60 rebounds. He's a beast, okay? Let's look at Zach Levine having 30 points. You match that with Drew Holiday, 26 points. Then the next highest star is Nikola Vucevic. Um, and not to say that Nikola Vucevic isn't a great player. He is a great player. I think he's amazing, right? However, Chris Middleton, even though that's not his matchup, Chris Middleton outperformed. Excuse me. I've performed him um with twenty two points, six rebounds, seven assists. You know what I'm saying? He did have six turnovers, like you said, but still. But um, overall, I remember saying this one thing. I don't know if you remember why I said this, David. Um, I think it was pretty obvious. You know, until Zach Levine, unless Zach Levine starts to like find his stride like fully again, because I I feel like Zach Levine kind of took a backseat. Like he took the backseat on the Bulls and let Demar kind of just go crazy. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. Um, maybe Zach Levine can like find his shot again, like start like scoring like insane points while Demar still scores great points as well. But also, obviously, we still can't forget the fact that they're missing Lonzo and they're missing Alex Caruso, two very crucial players. You know what I mean? Especially when it comes to defense as a whole. But um, when you look at it, I remember saying this: I was like, the only way the Bulls really win um close and tight games is if Demar drops thirty-eight points, right? DeMar, mm-hmm. when he was dropped, when you looked at the stats, when DeMar was dropping 35 consistently, they were winning games. It wasn't by blowouts, but it was like, they were winning like, what, seven points, eight points, around that area, right? If DeMar goes down, I said it, I'm like, if DeMar goes down to 25 points, they lose this game. If DeMar has 28 points, they lose this game. You know what I mean? Look at the look at the point differential. DeMar had 29 points, they lose by six. Imagine if DeMar had 35. Eat quick maths, the game's tied. <laughs> you know what I mean? Then, 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 or, or, or for example, like if Demar was dropping those forty points games that he was doing, they win the game. Demar needs to absolutely go. It, that's what that's what's starting to be the narrative for me, at least for the Chicago Bulls. Demar needs to go crazy for the Bulls to win, right? Now Zach Levine, when you're merging him back in because he was injured for a little bit, he was out for a little bit. Now that you're putting Zach Levine back in it, it could change, right? The Bulls team was winning. With Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan both going off, and then you had Vucevic here and there that was doing well on both sides of the ball, offense and defense. But you also had Lonzo that was doing well um, in the sit- on the playmaking column and also um, also in the defense column. And then you also had Alex Caruso coming off the bench being an absolute defensive juggernaut. So there's a lot of things that the Bulls are missing out on that they're going to have hopefully come postseason, right? But as of right now, when you look at this, no one of the Bulls are in a slump. Because it, it's they need DeMar to do that certain type of thing. They need – and no no offense to Ayo Dunsuma. Ayo Dunsuma has done a great job in facilitating the ball. But when it comes to those big games, can Ayo Dunsuma really produce what Lonzo Ball can produce? He's you know, that, I don't really expect him to do that. Exactly. So, overall, he's had a great year. Don't get me wrong. Ayo Dunsuma definitely a bright future. But um, overall, when it came down to it, the Bucks were at full. And the Bucks were ready to go. And when the Bucks are ready to go, it's a dangerous, dangerous squad. So that's all I gotta say. That's why I think the Bucks definitely won this game, man. Yeah, and also you mentioned the Bulls. 
They're also, like you said, they're, they're without Alex Caruso, Lonzo Ball, so that adds a crucial part to their defense. And also in scoring, Lonzo's been shooting the ball well from three-pointer, and so has Alex Caruso in the, in the games he's played throughout the season. So when they come back, it's definitely going to be – it's definitely going to be like, watch out for the Bulls again. But DeMar, he didn't shoot the best. He shot 37% from the field and uh, only had 29 points. I like how we say only, but, like, compared to what he had 10, 10 games in a row, we had, like, 30-plus. But, um, yeah, I, I agree with your points. And the Bucks' star power, I think, just outruled them. But um, that's all I got for this game. I don't know if you got to add anything else. Um, All I, all I really want to say after this game is, like, um, Drew Holiday, I feel like, I don't think he's criminally underrated, but I feel as if, like, we don't, like, a lot of people... A lot of people know Drew Holiday's amazing, like, at what he does, right? But... Underappreciated? Yeah, right? I, Bucks fans definitely appreciate him, right? But I feel as if no one really ever talked... We talked about Drew Holiday a little bit last year during the Bucks, um champion championship season, right? But it was mostly about Giannis, 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 and, like, obviously because of Giannis is golden and stuff. But, um... When you really look at Drew Holiday, his name didn't really come up, like, big until the final or the finals. You know what I'm saying? Like, people, like, really started looking at Drew Holiday because, like, he obviously had that, he had that big play at the end of the game that that clamped up Devin Booker that where, where he couldn't do anything. You know what I mean? And his defensive, um, his defensive like, IQ is just amazing. So, he did a, well, a good job in CP3 during that season, um, season, during that series, right? So, just, like, uh, just a quick shout out to Drew Holiday, man. He's just a great player. You know what I mean? Give, give, yeah. You got to give him a props, man. Hold him to a higher standard, I think. I'll tell, I, I'll tell you why he's underappreciated. I don't agree with this, but I'll tell you why he's underappreciated. When you hear Drew Holiday, what's the first thing that comes to mind in terms of his game? I think defense. There you go. That's why he's underappreciated. And um, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with people. Like, some people think he's not appreciated because when you look at it, they appreciate more a guy who scores, like, 25-plus points, 30-plus points, but not really the guy who gives you those gritty clamps down that guy and doesn't – sometimes when you clamp down a person like he did to Devin Booker in the playoffs – he doesn't really get recognized unless you're in the spotlight of the NBA Finals. And, like, stats don't really recognize it unless Devin Booker shoots, like, one for 25. But, like, and also unless you get steals. But I think Drew Holiday, I, I agree with you. He's one of those underrated players for this Milwaukee Bucks. He's kind of like that He's like kind of like that secret power that no one really knows about. They, they think Drew Holiday's just there for defense. And even though he's averaging 1.5 steals per game this season and half of a block this season – He's also averaging 19 points in the, in, in, um, this season and also seven assists. So he also can do everything else involving scoring as well. Yeah, man. It's, that was a, that, you hit the nail on the head with that one as well. That was a perfect explanation. But, um, yeah, man, Drew Holiday, definitely a great player, man. And shout to, obviously shout out to Chris Middleton and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's obviously great too. You know? No, this whole, this whole Bucks team, we've said it multiple times. They're so well-rounded. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. But um, so ridiculous and kind of jealous and kind of jealous at the same time. Yeah, wish the Nets were like that. But uh, we move on to the next. We move on to the next game. Um, David, wait, do, wait, do you have anything else to say in the game before I move That's on? It. Sorry. That's all I got. That's all I got. Well, we move on to Saturday. Was this the fifth? I believe Saturday was the fifth, right? Correct. All right. So Saturday, March fifth, man. Um, David had a game, and David, I think this one's gonna annoy you just just a little bit, just a little bit, man. Um. David had the Lakers versus the Warriors, man. And uh, I can tell you right now, I think I would have agreed. A hun- when David made this 
prediction, I think I agreed 110%, right? I wouldn't have changed. I don't, I don't disagree with him at all. But David said that the Warriors are going to win 119 to 107. And uh, David, the Los Angeles Lakers beat the Warriors 124 to 116. Yeah, I, I would definitely call it an upset in my in my opinion. I think that's an upset right there. But um, we can't give you a point for the team nor the score, man. But you did say that Steph Curry would have twenty five plus points and five plus assists. And oh no, David! Oh, he had thirty points, but he had one assist. Oh no, we can't give you the points for that one either, bro. I'm sorry. Uh, we can't give you the points for that because he wasn't facilitating that much that game. But you did say that LeBron James, oh, my gosh. LeBron James had 25-plus points and 5-plus rebounds. And, David, let me tell you, man, basically, right, around, obviously I know the math's not completely correct, but take what you said and just times it by two. And Mm -hmm. that's what LeBron did. LeBron gave you 56 points and 10 rebounds, bro. Oh, my gosh. If 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 it was up to me, I mean no, it's not. It is up to me, so I'm not gonna say that. But um, I'd give you two points. But I'm points because I need to catch up. Yeah. Um, nah. Okay, but maybe maybe next year maybe like we work on a point system or something. But um, or like a or like a uh, a score system. But you get one out of four points in that prediction, man. That moves up your score to one eighteen. Um, how many points did I get in the last one? I'm at one. I'm at one hundred nine right now. You're one hundred nine. Yeah. All right, so the score is one eighteen to one hundred nine right now, um, and David, man, I'll just go. I'll go ahead and go into this game because I have a pretty good feeling how you're feeling about that. But um, let's go ahead and go into this game. We'll start with the Golden State Warriors, man, and lead the team in scoring was none other than Steph Curry, man. Steph Curry had had thirty points. He had four rebounds, one assist. He did have four turnout turnovers, however. Um, he also shot fifty nine percent from the free um from the from the field and forty four percent from the three. Overall, not a bad game for Steph Curry. You know what I mean? He played well. They didn't didn't play bad at all, man. But um, great game for Steph right there. But he needed help, man, and that's what it really came down to. The next high score was off the bench. It was Jordan Poole, man. Jordan Poole. He had twenty three points, five assists, one rebound, one steal. And he did have two turnovers, but he shot. Um, he shot sixty percent from the field and fifty percent from the um from the three point line, um, and he also another a great game from Jordan Poole off the bench. But um after that man, the highest scorer was Jonathan Kaminga with eighteen points, man. And not to say that's a bad game, uh, that's a good game for Jonathan Kaminga. But um he had eighteen points, five rebounds, two steals, and four turnovers. Um also to add on, he also shot six. He also shot seventy percent from the field and sixty percent from the three point line. Um, and some, uh, I guess, I guess some honorable mentions, if you really look at it, it's not really honorable mentions, but other people that contributed, I guess you could say, um, you had Andrew Wiggins, 14 points, five rebounds, four assists, three steals. Um, and then you had Otto Porter Jr. with a double-double, um, 10 points and 10 rebounds. But, um, that's pretty much it from the Warriors, man. But we go into the Los Angeles Lakers and oh my gosh, bro, leading the team in scoring was LeBron James. This man, this man is 37. He's 37 years old. And this dude came into this game and dropped 56 points, 10 rebounds, 3 assists, and a block. He did have 4 turnovers, but however, we don't even regard the 4 turnovers, man. 56 points? Come on, guys. But overall, we also going into the shooting, man. LeBron had shot 61% from the field, and he shot 54% from the 3-point line. He was shooting lights out this game. He could not miss. Absolutely great game for LeBron James. And also to oh, be supporting cast right behind him. Look at this, ladies and gentlemen. 
The high next highest scorer was Russell Westbrook. Believe it or not, it was yes, it was Russell Westbrook having a good game. At, um, he had twenty points, four rebounds, four assists. He did have five turnovers, but you know, uh, it's Russ. What, what do you expect? It's Russell Westbrook, man. He's got to have some turnovers in it. But um, he also shot. He shot decent from the field, man. He shot fifty-two percent, um, or around fifty-three percent actually, and he shot thirty-three percent from the field. Um, 33% from three-point line. So not bad at all from Russell Westbrook. Good game from him. And after that, the highest score was off the bench. Um, the third highest score was Carmelo Anthony, 14 points, eight rebounds, one steal, one block, um, one turnover. And also to add on to it, he shot 62% from the field and 66% from the three-point line. Um, and then after that, you had Malik Monk, 12 points. You had um, Austin Reeves, 10 points, you know. But um, other than that, David, man, what – I don't even know what question to honestly ask you. So I'm just going to ask you what's running through your head at looking at these stats and looking at the result of the game. Like, what did you think, man? Um, once I saw LeBron score 56, I thought a couple things. LeBron James, he's mad. <laughs> and he's, like, tired of losing. And he just went off against a good Golden State Warriors team. And also another thing. Los Angeles Lakers can't win a game. With without if if uh, without LeBron James dropping fifty plus points, it's absolutely insane. Because even if LeBron James drops forty five, they're losing this game. It, it's ridiculous numbers. It's so sad that LeBron James is doing this by himself. It's literally his back is hurting him. And a lot of people are saying, yeah, but he did this to himself in a sense. He created this lineup. He created this roster for himself. Yeah, in a sense. But still, you got to give the man credit where the credit is due. The guy's dropping fifty six points and ten rebounds. It's like he's like he's doing the whole thing like like I said by himself and it's it's and it, imagine being LeBron James and like realizing what you're doing and you, you realize that it might not even be enough to, to let you guys even make the play in like right now they're currently in ninth place they are what two one and a half games behind ahead of the Pelicans for the tenth spot so they could easily drop out of the play in real real quick real quick. And the way that they've been losing, they lost three of their last seven in the last ten games. is It's definitely possible. But I think LeBron James, he's waking up. But unfortunately, I do not think he's not, he's not going to do this day in, day and night. That's it's literally the statement. LeBron James is not going to drop you 50-plus points every single day. And that's why I think the Los Angeles Lakers are not going not gonna to win games or, and potentially miss the play-in tournament, which would be shocking to think. But, um, yeah. LeBron James has no help. It's pretty much the sum of the Lakers all throughout the season. But on the Warriors' side, it also adds to the other narrative that we've been saying that the Warriors desperately need Draymond Green. They need him on this team. Not only does he provide great defense, but he also provides facilitating and playmaking. A thing that they desperately need, especially when you have Curry only giving you one assist. And I know he had an off night in, in playmaking, but he did shoot the ball well. He had 30 points in this game. He's averaging six points on six six rebounds, six assists on the season. So he can play make, but obviously he only had one in this game. But when you add Draymond Green to this this team, not only do they become more compact defensively, like I stated, they become more of a unison team because he is a natural leader. But he also can play make, so it gives more pressure off of Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson, even Jordan Poole when he comes on the be- when it comes from off the bench. It gives him less pressure. And it lets them focus more on their, sc- their scoring. And that's why Steph Curry was at MVP conversations in the beginning of the season. It's because he didn't have to worry about his playmaking ability. Obviously, he's still averaging six or seven assists on the season because he still can. But it's not his top priority, let's just say that, because he had Draymond Green. But now the reason why they've been losing is because 
they're missing one key guy, and it stinks because Draymond Green. You probably guys, you guys probably think he's like he's only one guy, but think about this. If you have a building, right, and um, you have a beautiful building, but guess what? There's a crack in the foundation. Guess what? That building's going down, baby, and that thing's going hard. So, like, it doesn't matter if you have a beautiful structure on top. If there's a little tiny crack in that foundation or missing something, the whole thing's coming down. And that's what Jeremiah Green is to his Warriors team. Even though they're not desperately bad, they're still in second place. But in terms of uh, longevity in the playoffs, they're desperately going to need them. You know, you say – I want to challenge you really quick on, on something that you challenge just said. Right, right? And I, I have to make sure I'm, I'm correct in the statute. Let me just look it up. Um. You know, obviously, yeah, you say that they're not desperately bad. You know, obviously, without Draymond, like, like they're, they're still in second place and everything, right? But I just want to, like, count this. Hold up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay? In, I, in their last ten games, David, they're two and eight. Mm-hmm. And, and I know, like, yeah, they're sitting pretty in second place and everything, but you really look at it, when they lost Draymond, it was just, it's just been downhill. It's just been nothing but straight downhill. Draymond Green, like, really, really, really helped this team immensely, you know? And obviously everyone knows that now. But, uh, yeah, they're not garbage. But I don't think, in my opinion, like, this team is good. But I don't think they're a top-seeded team without Draymond Green. You know, like, I don't think they're that good. I think they are in trouble because, I mean, granted, Draymond Green should be back for playoffs, hopefully, right? But if he's not, this team is in trouble. This team is literally in trouble because if Klay Thompson doesn't start playing the way he's normal or we're normally used to seeing Klay Thompson play, you know what I mean? Like, that Klay that we, that we all know, that we all missed from two years ago, that was a monster, three-point shooting king, you know what I mean? All that, all that great stuff. If he doesn't start playing like that, this Warriors team could have a really big problem in um, come playoff time. Because if there's no no dagger clay, no um, killer clay, anything like that, this team is going down. Like, straight up. This team is going down. They were waiting. I don't know what's going on with James Wiseman, which which upsets me because I love James Wiseman as a player. I think he, he, he can be great, right? But he just, just isn't playing. He's not playing basketball, you know what I mean? So, and he's been injured for a long, long time. So, um, that's one thing that they're missing out on. And then, Dream, again, like I said, Draymond, Draymond Green. But I honestly think this team's in trouble, like, come playoff time if they don't if they don't have the full roster that they should – or the f- roster that we know that they can be. You know what I'm saying? No, I, I agree with you. I agree with you 100% on that. That's why I said when it ca- – that's why I said it's worrying for them in their longevity because – they're going to continue to lose games, but uh, I said that that they're safe where they are because their record is still forty three and forty three and twenty one. So they're still going to be clinching a top four seed, that, uh, probably by the end of the season. So in that case, I mean, in terms of uh, clinching home home uh, home court advantage, I say they have that pretty much almost on lock. But and then obviously Draymond Green comes back, then they even have more on lock. But like. I think it is a struggle for the Warriors right now to find their key because their key is missing in Draymond Green. So that's going to be tough. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. But um, other than that, man, 
really quick before we keep talking about this. We got an audio message, and it's from our boy Mr. Motivations, man. What's up, man? Let I'm gonna go ahead and play, man. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I feel like we've been talking forever. I feel like this is the <laughs> longest that we haven't had a, um had have had uh audio message. But I'm excited to play this, man. But um, I'm getting sick and tired of my own voice, man. Bro, I'm not gonna lie. I need I need a break from from this nasally voice that I'm having right now. So, what's it called? What I'm gonna do, man? Mr. Motivations, here you are, bro. Here we go. Eric Hines, D Rod 09. It's your boy. It's Mr. Motivation in the building. How y'all doing? How y'all feeling? Happy Monday. Hope y'all doing well, yes, my sir. guys. I am. I've been here listening, but I ain't really been listening, listening. But um, all I gotta say is. Brooklyn, Brooklyn looks bad. They they look <laughs> bad. But anyway, how y'all doing, yo? What's good? Let's go. Uh, uh, oh, my gosh. I was doing good, Mr. Motivations. I was doing good. Nah, you asked us, you, he asked us how we're doing after stating post-trauma about the Brooklyn Nets. Hmm. Just Did I again? Just terrible, bro. Just absolutely terrible. I saw um something on our Reddit saying that with um that Kyrie Irving cannot be a Brooklyn Nine next year. Like people, like like they don't want him. Like he like in other words, like we cannot bring him back. Right now he doesn't have a player option and everything like that. But like people, some people just don't want him back as a Brooklyn Nine because when you really look at it all, granted, like um, granted. Like, there's been other problems that we've had, but they said that Kyrie Irving as a whole has been around the problem everywhere, right? You look at um, us losing, not us losing last year, but um, last year, us not really, not really been, like, playing as, like, a big three. Kyrie Irving had a stint. I forgot about this, too. Kyrie Irving had a stint where he just sat out. Remember that? During the offseason? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just sat out of games and no one knew why, right? You had that. And you said that the people also said that Kyrie has been around the, the problem why James Harden left, which is also true, right? Um, and then you also have to put in the fact that Kyrie Irving is also a reason why our team chemistry is not the greatest because he's playing part time. So we really we don't know how to, we don't know how to gel as a team, right? It's not his fault, but well, in, in other words, it's not his. It's not entirely his fault. Like you, like no one's gonna sit here. That this is what the Reddit said that I kind of liked, in my opinion, right? Um, no one's gonna sit here and, like take the vaccine, Kyrie, right? Like, like I, I respect your views. You know what I'm saying? Like that's that's bigger than basketball. We're not talking about basketball at that point. But the guy made a good point. He goes, I understand that um, Kyrie's standing up for what he believes in and everything like that, right? And the guy was like, I completely agree with him. Right, I, I'm grateful for the fact that that he's that he's standing up for what he believes in, but he's just way too much of a of what's the word? He's way too much drama of a queen? well, not drama queen. I wouldn't say because of what he's like. What he's doing, I don't believe in it. In, in it involves drama. You know what I mean? Like it's more or less the fact that like he just doesn't like he be, he's doing something that he wants to like he believes in. You know, and um, like I said, it's like bigger than basketball and all that stuff. But they but they said. What, he, what the guy had said was he was like, he's just too much of a liability. You know, it's like Kyrie's a great player. I take nothing from him. He's an amazing guy. But he's, in a sense, ruining our team. Because he goes, I, he's like, the guy's like, do you think everyone want, wants to take the vaccine? 
You know what I mean? Like, not a lot of people want to take that vaccine in the NBA. You can't tell me that every single person wants to take the vaccine in the NBA. But darn near everyone sacrificed it, right? Not everybody, because some people don't have to because of their stadiums don't, like, force them to. It's not a mandate, right? But a lot of people just sacrificed it so they can play the basketball. They, they can play for the team. They can play for the organization, yada, yada, this, yada, yada, that. You know what I mean? And the fact that Kyrie didn't, it's like nothing against you, bro, but you're just too lot too much of a liability to our team, our organization, you know? We're like if you wanna go ahead and do that, go ahead and do that. We'll we'll support you. But you can't be here because we're trying to win a championship. That's well, what the guy was trying to Go ahead. I understand what he's saying. But here's the problem with that. K D wanted to play with who? In Kyrie. Brooklyn. Kyrie Irving. So if you get rid of Kyrie, what does that mean for K D? That's See, most likely that- means that he's gonna be gone too, so I mean, but you kind of have to suffer through it if you want Kevin Durant, the best of see, both worlds. That's a different situation, though, because the reason, like, in the beginning, he came to play with Kyrie, and there was no problems with COVID or anything like that, right? Now that we had to get the vaccine, well, there might have been problems with COVID, but I'm saying, like, the vaccine-wise. Now that the vaccine came into play, that's a whole different story. Now, if Kyrie walks, if the organization gets rid of Kyrie and we bring in something else that's better or possibly better for the team, KD might stick around. You never know, right? However, we also have – how long do we have KD on contract for? You know what I he mean? Just signed a, he, signed a re, he re-signed during, like, the beginning of the season. That's what I'm saying. It's like KD's not a person to really force – I don't see KD force train unless it's bad, bad. You know what I mean? Like, he'll fight. He'll fight until, like, the, until, like he can't really fight anymore, right? But – so I always think KD leave right away if Kyrie was to leave. Right, I think Katie would stick around, try to fight for it a little bit, and then if it doesn't work out, then eventually he'd probably be like, "I need to get out of here." You know what I mean? And then everyone would understand because of the fact that like it's terrible at Brooklyn, you know. Um, but it needs to get to that point first of all. But it's like I I understand what he's saying because of the fact that like all due to respect, like I respect what Kyrie's standing up for and everything, but like it is screwing up our team. You can't lie; it's not like you can't say or you can't say it's not. What, what, what has gone on has all been surrounding Kyrie Irving, in a sense. Like, it, it all kind of goes around Kyrie Irving, right? And it's not, I'm not blaming it on Kyrie Irving because it's not all his fault, you know? But when it's all revol- revolving around him and him being a central problem, it's a, it's, a, it's a thing that we've seen throughout Kyrie's entire career, you know? So it's like, why, how long are we going to really put up for this? But do we put up for it and then, like, we don't win a championship? Where's a team that has a good – we have a good run, make playoffs and lose? You know what I mean? Like, what do we really do? It's it's a, it's a questionable, man. It's, it's a questionable thing. I don't know. I don't know. But something's got to give, right? But uh, – Hopefully before, a chance. <laughs> but um, before we move on, we got two audio messages from Mr. Motivation. So let's hear what you got to say. Do it. Yo, this may be controversial. I may get, you know, some booze or tomatoes thrown for this, but uh, I say some scenario, some way, you get Kyrie back to LeBron. You get Kyrie to L.A. I know they've had their differences. I know Kyrie didn't want but that's the only time this man has got a ring. That's the only time this man has looked mad explosive. The only time that he looked focused and actually wanting to play basketball is with LeBron James. Either we trade Russ for Kyrie and some picks, no. or if y'all just cut them all together and then we just grab them. But I think if you get, I, I don't even like Kyrie that much, but 
I think if you get him back with LeBron, we might see an, an, another resurgence. It's like once he left LeBron, he just had a different viewpoint and it just ain't been working. He been trying to he been trying to check. You know, it's like um, I'm gonna finish this in the next comment. I will play it. But it's like you trying to. You trying to chase that thing that you never going to get. Like you trying to recreate the the magic. It's almost this going to sound horrible. But it's almost like a crack addict, you know? Like you get that first hit, you like, "Oh, this is crazy." Not not say that I've done crack. I don't I mean, I don't know this is what I, you know, I watch documentaries and stuff. But anyway, um so it's like you get that first hit, you like, "Oh, this is amazing." So now you just keep going back and back and back and forth cuz you trying to get that first hit again and it just nothing is doing it. And yes, he got political views. Yes, he got personal things that he stands for and does, and that's all fine and dandy. But I'm saying from a from a basketball standpoint, Kyrie hasn't looked like Kyrie since LeBron James. Mm. I mean, I th- I I kind of agree. I think LeBron James makes everyone better, especially when you have a superstar caliber player like Kyrie Irving. And playing, imagine playing along LeBron James. Obviously, your game's gonna be increased. Substantial, uh, substantial. Uh, how do you say that word? Oh my god! Subnet. Oh whoa! Right, Substan- right? Whoa! Substantially, whatever. Substantially, yeah, whatever. It's gonna increase a lot <laughs> because you're gonna be around LeBron James, one of the greats of the NBA. So I think, and also LeBron James keeps you accountable, it keeps you in check. So, I mean, if he goes to LA, obviously he still can't play because he's the vaccine and stuff. So, <laughs> unless all that stuff clears up, I don't think that trade will work. And we don't want Russell Westbrook to answer that question. No. Um. Yeah, I'd rather trade for, uh, for for freaking pixie dust. I don't know. Just just give me give me anything else but Russell Westbrook. No offense. And listen, imagine that trade: Kyrie Irving for LeBron James. I mean, sorry, Kyrie. Irving, well, I mean, that'd be nice. Kyrie Irving for LeBron. That'd be nice. Yeah. <laughs> What's it called? Kyrie Irving for um for Russell Westbrook. So you just basically recreate OKC and you recreate the the old Cavaliers. That's what you do. Oh gosh. That's yeah. awful. That's literally an awful trade, right? But um, to sum it up as well, um, I agree and disagree at the same time. I agree that Kyrie has never been able to really um, get back to championships or like been able to lead a team like LeBron has, right? Um, however, I don't. I I think that Kyrie's still been himself. Right, I still I still think he's been that sh- that showstopper type of player, but he's just been annoying. No offense, but like he's, he's like he's just you can't you can't control him. You don't know what's gonna happen. You know what I mean? Like it's with, with Kyrie Irving, it's just like he, one day he could just like disappear, and you're like, where the heck did he go? You know what I mean? Like like it, and then he comes back, he's like, I need a hiatus or something. It's like like what's going on? You know, like he you have a job to do, certain things like that. So. I think he's been him like I think he's been Kyrie. I think he's been himself, but like LeBron had him like somewhat. LeBron is a great leader, you know what I mean. But I don't. I don't think. I think if you put Kyrie back in LA, I think I don't think they can do it again. I don't think they would be able to do it again. Um, strictly because of the fact that Kyrie's changed even more as his, his time away from LeBron, and the reason he left was because he wanted to like lead a team and he wanted to do something else. You know what I'm saying? Wanted to be different when he realistically did not have to, right? But um, at the end of the day, um, I think you put them back together now. Um, LeBron's still amazing, don't get me wrong. And now you have Anthony Davis, so I'm gonna add something to it. But Kyrie has to want to play. You know what I mean? And I don't know if he'll be able to like go back to that play with other LeBron James. 
Yeah, like, I don't know if he'll, he'll be able to go back to that other version of himself, you know, that we saw when they won the when they won that trophy. So I, I don't the, know, man. The, but it's a good take, though. I, I don't disrespect it. I, I don't. I don't like hate it. But the real question is, is that if Ky- Kyrie Irving goes to, with LeBron James and plays with him again, they're not going to win a championship. Not because those two can't do it. It's because they don't have Kevin Love. That's the main uh, <laughs> They don't have Kevin Love in the game. So. No, they can't win a game until they get Kevin Love on the team and re- recreate that championship run. I uh, no, I think Anthony Davis would do uh, be a quite good filler for, Calvin, nah, for Kevin nah, Love. Kevin Kevin Love got the job done. Just say that. Oh my gosh, man! Hey, I'm man, Kevin Love jersey, man. <laughs> but without further ado, man, that was that was some good taste from Mr. Motivations right there. But um, David, I believe we got one more game for me, yeah. We do indeed, and it is Monday, not Monday, oh my gosh, Sunday, March 6th, and um, you know, there's a oh, lot no. of interesting ones, you have the Suns versus the Bucks, you oh, have no. the, the, the Nets versus the Boston Celtics, which is a great game, Jason Tatum made history, but um, um, we have a game that Eric picked with his MVP, Nikola Jokic, and he picked the Nuggets versus the Pelicans, and ladies and gentlemen, Eric said that the, the Pelicans were going to beat the Nuggets one and Eric, I'm sorry, but the Nuggets won 138 to 130 in overtime. And um, so I can't give you a point for the team or the score. However, you did say that CJ McCollum was going to have 15 plus points and five plus rebounds. And he had 24 points and just got you five there with five rebounds. So I give you a point for that. And you also said that Jokic is going to have a double double. And at this point, he literally shows up to the game with a double double. <laughs> it's literally not fair at that point. So you get a point for that. It brings your total up to, uh, you get two points. So it brings your total up to 111. It's currently 118 to 111, and uh, that closes out our prediction uh, score yes! for this week. But um, I gained ground. Let's yeah. go. It's all right. It's all right. It's a little bit. It's a little bit. But um, I'm coming, man. I'm coming. Stop. Stop. I'm not worried. If you see my face, this is not a face of a worried man, ladies and gentlemen. The voice might sound differently, but uh, the face obviously is not a face of a worried man. Just just pointing it out there. But regardless. Uh, let's move on to the Pelicans box score of this game, the losing team. And the leading scorer was, in fact, a guy named Brandon Ingram. The guy has been underrated throughout the season. He's been producing really good numbers. And real quick, if I can have a season, he's averaging 23 points on the season with six rebounds and six assists. So he's been doing pretty solid solid numbers this season. So very impressive by Brandon Ingram. And he dropped 38 points, five rebounds, and nine assists in this game with one block. He did have five turnovers, though. But um, regardless, after that, you have CJ McCollum, a great addition to this Pelicans team with 24 points and 9 assists and 1 steal. And then you have um, Jonas Valanciunas with 19 points, 14 rebounds, 2 assists, and only 3 turnovers. And then after that, you had Devontae Graham off the bench with 12 points. And then everyone else was in single digits. But we move on to the Denver Nuggets side, and oh my gosh, this guy's MVP. He's been kind of in a slump as of recently, but this game hopefully revamped his, NBA, his MVP conversation and uh it's Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jokic had 46 points, 12 rebounds, 11 assists, three steals, four blocks. He did have five turnovers, but you forget about that when the defense and the scoring is absolutely insane. He shot 73% from the field and 60% from three. Absolutely ridiculous name uh, name not name. Absolutely ridiculous game from Nikola Jokic. Um but he's just proving his MVP caliber right there. But after that, you had Aaron Gordon help him out with 28 points, 8 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal, 2 blocks, only 3 turnovers. And after that, you had Monty Morris with 18 points, 8 assists. Uh, 
Bones Highland with 11 points and Jermichael Green off the bench with 10 points. And after that, everyone else was in single digits. But, Eric, what's your thoughts on this, man? You know, the Pelicans, they've been kind of on a roll as of recently. Um, winning, well, they, they won. Well, they actually had a losing streak. This is their first game they lost. But they, were, <laughs> no, they lost this game. That, that made them one-game losing streak. But um, they're currently in 11th place. They're bumped up to 10th place. They're currently in the play-in tournament. But um, they were a hot team with adding CJ McCollum. But now looks like the Jokic train kind of slowed that one down for them. What's your thoughts on this? Well, first and foremost, I'm going to keep saying it um, until everyone believes it, right? Or until my mind is changed or my stats are changed, something like that. Jokic is the MVP, okay? Every single week for me, it's been Jokic. I, what, the weeks that DeMar was going crazy, my MVP was Jokic. The weeks that Joel Embiid, when he came back from injury and was going absolutely insane, my MVP was Jokic. The, with John Morant right now, recently... Going nuts. My MVP is still Jokic. Nikola Jokic again, guys. I, I can't. He might be unathletic as no other, right? Right? Like he might not be able to jump out the gym, and he might not be the most flashiest player to see or like the most entertaining player to watch. But dude, this guy is just a monster. He's a straight monster, man. And it, it's it's absolutely insane to me what he can do. Um, he's such a such a great player overall. But shout out to Jokic, man, just leading his team to victory. Guys, I'm going to keep saying this, right? People might tell me, like, oh, but he's, like, like, like Joel's doing amazing and his team's great. You got, oh, the Bulls are in fourth. Wow. It's a couple games and they dropped that quick. I'm sorry. I just saw it right now. Let's look at the standings. But, um, you leave, like, like, oh, DeMar's team's doing amazing. Yada, yada, this. John Moran's team, they're in third right now. They, they, they basically they should be in second, right? And they probably will be soon, right? But I'm telling you guys, you look at the Denver Nuggets. Again, they're the sixth seed. They're, um, what, two and a half games above the Minnesota Timberwolves? Right, David? Is that two and a half or two? Two and a half. Two and a half. Two yeah. And a half. Two and a half games above the Minnesota Timberwolves. Guys, can can we just pause for a moment? The the, the Denver Nuggets are the sixth seed in the league, right, in, in the Western Conference right now. Uh, uh, no lackluster Western Conference. It's a pretty good Western Conference, right? They're starting the lineup. Is that Jeff? Yeah, Jeff Green. Aaron Gordon, Will Barton, and Monte Morris. Guys, I'm not saying they're bad players, but like, oh, wait, I think I have to sneeze. Hold up. Give me a second. I'm going to wait. Hold up. Yeah. Are we good? I think we're good. Pineapple. All right. I'm going to keep going. If I sneeze, I'll just mute. But what's it called? Um, you look at this team and like, no offense to these players, but like, this team is garbage. This team is not good. Without Jokic, this team is not good. Uh, granted, Demarcus Cousins went um went crazy the other night and dropped like thirty one points without Jokic, but he's not doing that again. Okay, let's just be real; he's not going to do that again consistently, right? Obviously, yes. People are going to tell me, but what about Jamal Murray? But what about Michael Porter Jr.? I get it, guys. All right, when they're on the when they're on the court, this team is amazing. Okay. When you add them to this team, they're amazing. I understand. Don't think I forgot about them. My point is this, though. They have been gone the entire season. Okay? There's been nothing with them. And these, this and Jokic is keeping this team above their head above water single-handedly. Tell me, you take out Jokic, where do you think this team is in the Eastern, in the Western Conference right now? Where the Lakers are. And I, would, I would say even lower. Like, you got to think about it. Like, there, if... This team out Jokic is is dog water. They're terrible. So like for me, 
And to, and to see the numbers that he's putting up, the fact that they're even the sixth seed, oh, my gosh. And Jokic does everything. He does everything correctly. He gets he, – he, he gets you amazing. He scores amazing points. He facilitates like he's a freaking point guard. He he rim protects um very well. He's a great defend. He's a he's a good defender. Not the greatest defender in the league, but he's a good defender, right? He can grab you rebounds. He could he could um he could shoot everything efficiently, right? From the three point, he can do it from the three point line. He can do it from the mid range. He can do it from the 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 um the paint. He can do everything at the highest level. Okay, there's there's nothing that this dude can't do except for like jump maybe and he's like heads at the rim. You know what I mean? Like uh, he probably can't do a dunk contest at most. You know, that's that's it. But like overall, like, Jokic is just that guy for me. He just he really is, man. And honestly, until that changes, because he's been on a little bit of a slump, right? Jokic will be that guy for me. Okay, but I had to get that out of the way, David. I'm sorry. I know that's not really the question that you asked, right? But I had to get that out of the way. Now, let's talk about the Pelicans really quick, like you like you had stated. The Pelicans have been on a tear recently with that TJ McCollum trade. It's helped them a lot. And I honestly think for that TJ's trade, I think it's helped best of, like, that's, like, the best of both worlds for both teams, right? Because now the um, Portland Trailblazers, Trailblazers can really rebuild. And also they can, like, like see what they're going to do with Dame Lillard as well. But also um, the, Portland, the New Orleans Pelicans have been great as well, right? You find them in the, in the 10th seed. Um, right now, and like you said, they're what one and a half games behind the Lakers, right? And um, overall, I see them, I see them in the near future passing the Lakers. I think the Lakers are gonna drop, unless LeBron just randomly drops fifty point games back to back to back to back to back. But I don't see that happening, bro. So I'm going to say this now: I think the Lakers are going to drop to the tenth seed. I think so too. I mean, honestly, the way that they've been playing and the way that how much they've dropped. In the last couple of games, I mean, look at this team. They're 3-7 and seven in the last 10. And those are no good numbers if you want to compete in that the, at the level that they're expected to. But, um, yeah, I think the Pelicans, they, they probably most likely will push up to that ninth spot. I don't think they're going to challenge the Clippers for the eighth spot. There's a big gap between eight and nine in the Western Conference. To be exact, it's a four-and-a-half game a gap. So it's really hard to catch, especially with the Clippers. They've been playing somewhat good. Even though they lost to my New York Knicks last night, shout out to the New York Knicks. Got to shout them out sometimes, but um, it's always happy when they get a W. But um, regardless, uh, yeah, if you talk about the Jokic MVP thing, I agree with everything you're saying. But um, the only question I ask, and this is not really questioning Jokic's ability because I know he can do this, but he's been doing for the last how long has Jamal Murray been at? I want to get this correct before I think even that's since like, last year playoffs. Last year playoffs. Okay. Yeah. So never mind. I, I don't want, I'm not going to say that anyway. I was going to say something of, will Jokic's game be affected and one day start including Jamal Murray and uh, Michael Porter Jr. back? But like you said, he's been doing it all last season, the regular season. So regardless, I'm not saying that statement because he obviously can prove, show that he can do that. And um, I, I don't think that he would slow down just because there's another player. If anything, it would help grow this team to another level. But, um, yeah, I think Jokic is MVP as well. I mean, if you look at my list right now, or go to the weak list, he's currently second. Wait, place. So wait, 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 wait. What? what? Did I you update it already? No. Oh, you did. Uh, okay, okay. I was scared. I was scared. I was no, scared. I he's currently second place right now, and Embiid is my number one. But that's subject to change after this week. So, um, I mean, right now I have a lot more closer than Eric, but I, I definitely see Jokic can potentially win, especially with this team. 
being so not 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 terribly bad. They're still solid players, but compared to other MVP frontrunners like Giannis and Embiid and all the help that they've been getting, it's kind of Jokic is kind of left high and dry in a sense. It's and for me, uh, I just. First of all, I want to say one thing before I get back to the Jokic thing. Um, quick, quick thing, guys. A team that we have to be on the lookout for, and I think are going to be very dangerous come playoff time. The um, Knicks. No, they're not making right. the playoffs. They're yeah. gonna be dangerous. From, they're gonna be dangerous from their couch. They're gonna be dangerous from no, their couch. They're gonna make it. Trust me. Um, no, nah, but for real, guys, we really have to look out for the for the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, I know we have no one's been really talking about them, but. Guys, I think a lot of people forgot the fact that Norman Powell has been out for a little bit, and they have him, okay? Robert Covington, right? Obviously, great defender. But, guys, freaking Paul George and Kawhi Leonard have been out for a while, and this team is still the eighth seed, okay? This team knows how to play with, like, they and they already know how to play with Kawhi and Paul George, you know? So, there's no, there's no like, lost chemistry, you understand what I'm saying? These guys, mm-hmm. we've seen what Kawhi and Paul George to, c- together can do, okay? But now they have the help of Norman Powell, and they also have the help of freaking Robert Covington. This team could possibly upset a, a big team in, in, in the first round, right? Wait, 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 Go ahead, go ahead. Wait, wait, you're talking about the team that my New York Knicks beat? Are you Dude, kidding me? Wow. Without Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Without wow. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. You're talking about a team that my New York Knicks beat as a threat David, to David. teams in the West. Wow. David, you're, you're 12. Years. David, they're 12. They're 26 and 38. They're, they're not above 500. <laughs> it's still going to happen. No. It's going to happen. Mark Dude, it, they're not making the playoffs. They're not. They'll be <sighs> lucky to make the play-in. They'll be actually lucky to make the play-in. They are. Oh, my gosh. What's the math on this? They're what? Five and a half games behind the 10th. Yes. Stop it, bro. They're, they're not making it, bro. I'm sorry. But but on a real note, if I can talk about this Los Angeles Clippers team real quick, I agree with every point you're making. I think they are, like, one of those teams to watch out for. I was just messing with you guys. Obviously, <laughs> I mean, it's so cool that the Knicks beat them. Obviously, I'm still going to brag about that. But when you look at this team, Kawhi Leonard, they're without Kawhi Leonard. They're without Paul George. Two crucial guys to this, this roster, obviously. And um, they're expected to, to come back, I think, around playoff time. I don't know if it's before or a little bit during the playoffs, but they're supposed to be around that time. So, but I think the one thing that's been impressive for the Los Angeles Lakers, uh, Clippers team, not the Lakers, the other LA team, the Clippers team, is that not only have they been doing this without Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, it's also that they've been developing their young stars. I feel like that's been also so crucial, especially for them if they want to do trade pieces in the future. They have a lot of availability in that asset. They got uh, Amir uh, Coffey as well, a young star, Terrace Mann, um, Luke Kennard's been shooting lights out as well. But yeah. Brandon Boston Jr., Isaiah Hartenstein, like these guys you've probably not even heard about, but they're getting crucial minutes for this team. And uh, they're, they're literally a team effort for this Los Angeles Clippers team. And and let me just say this as well, man. I'm like, I'm telling you, if the Warriors see this team first round, which is very much a possibility, uh, I don't know. I don't know. So I'm going to say, as Paul if they George don't have Draymond. Huh? As if they don't have Draymond. But the thing is, if Draymond's even there, you got to really think of, like, Kawhi has beaten the, the Warriors before in the, in the finals. Granted, they were missing Clay and Kevin Durant. 
But Clay Thompson is darn near missing as it is. You know what I mean? Even if he's in the court because he hasn't been playing well. And but and Kawhi's overcome overcome that before. And this team is the real, real deal, bro. So we'll see what happens. That's all I'm gonna say right there. But going back to the Jokic thing, I'm, I wanted to, I wanted to touch base on that really quick. Um, people, I want to talk about like the MVP and like I've, I've been David's been seeing this. We've had we've had a lot of discussions with like our friends and stuff. I just want to touch base on this really quick, right? People's the ESPN does rankings of like. MVPs like darn near every single week or like every two weeks, right? And it irritates me how like it jumps, it like goes up and down, right? There's no unanimous MVP throughout the entire season. I understand that, right? But for example, like during our go to the week, I'm gonna read my last week's go of the week, okay? Because I don't want you, I don't want to like give away anything from this week. So give me a second. Let me just pull this up. Uh, do okay. Here we go. I had, I'll just read the top five. I had DeMar DeRozan, Joel Embiid, Devin Booker, Kyle Kuzma, and James Harden. Okay? The way ESPN works, they're like, for just because of that goal of the week right there, they would make Joel Embiid front runner. They'd make DeMar second place. They'd make, like, they'd drop Jokic to third, drop Giannis to fourth, forget forget who freaking Curry is. You know what I mean? Like, they would never forget, like, mad people because of that one goal. That's how ESPN kind of does it. They, like, fluctuate it insanely. But... Me and David do that, and then we also put it into, like, a whole, like, point system, right? To see, like, who's, like, kind of, like, in the lead. Even though, like, this one player is in the same form, this t- this person has done more throughout the entire season than this person's one form has been. You understand what I'm saying? So, like, I don't see how the MVP should be a- told based off of a couple of good weeks in the in, in the NBA. That bothers me. I don't. I don't think that's correct, in my opinion. I feel like it should be based off of literally the entire season, right? Because you hear so many people like, "Oh, Joel Embiid's MVP." Oh, Demar Derozan at time MVP. Oh, John Morant MVP. These guys are candidates. Don't get me wrong, right? But it's like we forget about Giannis or we forget about Jokic. It's like, guys, do we are we forgetting what these guys were doing in the beginning throughout the entire NBA season compared to what these guys are doing within a stint of time? You know what I mean? Like that, that my in my opinion, like that's why I think Jokic is so far gone. Because Jokic has done so much with the entire season. The first this is the first time he's actually slowed up a little bit. A little bit. You know? So that's just how I feel about it though. That's why I think Jokic is like MVP by far. But not by far. Okay, I'll be honest, not by far. But like I just think he's still he's still first. I don't think it should be changing that much. See, mine fluctuates a little bit. I think Jokic is obviously at that competition, but I don't think to the way Eric thinks it is. I still think he's number one, but not as far apart as Eric is compared to everyone else. Hey but, man, I'm gonna keep saying it until he until he lifts that freaking trophy at the end of the year. And once he lifts that trophy at the end of the year, I'm gonna be able to say. Unless unless he slumps into like a terrible slump and then I have to change my whole thing, I'd be sad. But <laughs> what's it called? Until he lifts that trophy at the end of the year, um, I'm gonna be able to say that by like halfway through the season, I'm like I already knew he was gonna win it. That's that's gonna be that's that would be ideal for me. That'd be I that'd be like the ideal world. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But, um, but go ahead. Uh, before we move on to the audio messages, I just want to read our everyone tell everyone our NBA predictions for this upcoming week, so we get that out of the way. But um. Ladies and gentlemen, we move on to our NBA predictions that we we made for Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. And um, ladies and gentlemen, Eric is uh, Eric predicted on tonight's game of the 76ers versus the Bulls. 
and he got the 76ers winning 123 to 116 with Tyrese Maxey, Tyrese Maxey having 15 plus points and three plus assists, and DeMar DeRozan having 20 plus points. And by the looks of it right now, so the Philadelphia 76ers are winning at halftime 59 to 53. So it looks good for you right now. And also, Tyrese Maxey <clears throat> has two points and three assists. So he's not really shooting the best, but uh, anything could happen, you know. But um, you also said DeMar DeRozan was have 20 plus points. And right now he has 15. It's literally a joke, but so yeah. on track for that. But uh, then we move in on Wednesday. You have the Knicks versus the Mavs, and this is very shocking. I don't know why he has this, but he's got the Mavericks winning. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? One seventeen to one hundred three, and he's got Luka Doncic winning by thirty plus points and Julius Randle a double double. So Luka is going to destroy you guys. Luka is going to actually destroy the Knicks, man. I'll tell you that right. That we beat him once. We'll beat him twice. Oh, my gosh, man. Oh, my gosh. All right. Well, also, I guess I say anything about leads blown, but other than that, let's go ahead. <laughs> let's go ahead and go into David's predictions really quick. On Tuesday, um, March 8th, David has the Nets versus the Hornets, man. He has the Nets winning 116-109. He has KD with 25-plus points. He has LaMelo Ball with 15-plus points and 5-plus assists. And then... On Wednesday, he has the Heat versus the Suns, and he has the Heat winning 107 to 103. He has Tyler Hero with 20 plus points, and DeAndre Aiden with 15 plus points and six plus rebounds, man. So there are the predictions there. Make sure you tune in on Thursday to see if we got those correct, man. For sure, for sure. But, um, ladies and gentlemen, before we move on to our next segment, Hot Takes, we do have three audio messages in the queue. So let's hear what uh, we got a first one from Adrian Gonzalez. Shout out to him, man. Uh, we appreciate you guys always, and uh, let's let's play your audio message. Yeah, Adrian. Hey guys, what is up? What is up? What is up? Um, I don't know if you guys ever have already talked about this, but I think it does need to be talked about a little bit further. What do you guys think about uh how one of the wide receivers for the Falcons got caught and got fined and suspended for uh placing some bets from the um. The 2021 season games. Oh, great question, Adrian. Great question. It's an awesome question. It's just, uh, it's just like, why? Just, that's my one question. If I saw him, it was Calvin Ridley, right? Correct. Yes. Star wide receiver for the Falcons. Like, why? Just why? For what reason? How much money are you making, bro? Like, like, you, do you really need to? It's just, yeah, I don't get it. I really don't get it. Real quick, real quick, for any updates on any news, if anyone doesn't know, he got fined as well, but he's also suspended for the season. That's the last report I heard. I don't know if it's updated or changed because changed, I'm not looking at my phone during the podcast. But um, mm-hmm. last I heard of it is that he's been suspended for the whole 2022 NFL season. And uh, if my opinion, I think that's a little absurd to suspend yeah. a guy for a whole year. Um, when you look at the way that the NFL has handled domestic violence uh, cases as well, when you have Kareem Hunt, who has been suspended for, I think, for six games for doing dis- uh, domestic uh, violence, and he's allowed to play after six games. I think in that aspect, and you suspend someone for gambling, and I think there was no compromise. Like, when I mean compromise gambling, is like he went to other teams and told them, like, oh, you better lose or something. He didn't do that. He was just betting for his Atlanta Falcons to win. That's what I heard. So, um, I don't really think 
in my opinion, I don't think he did anything wrong, but that's just my stance on gambling in sports in general. I think when you start gambling against your team and you're playing in those games and you start dropping passes and you compromise the game, I think that's when it becomes more of a problem. But also, when you think about it, you got caught with gambling, but I think players do this most of the time. But, like, once you, like, say you had a cousin, right? You don't think that that the NFL player is like, okay, just put this money down and talking to his cousin, like, oh, we're going to win this game. So if you want to put money down, put money down. Like, other people are doing it for them in a sense. So I don't really – but then that, and then again, it ties into the how valid the game is and the, the honesty policy of the game. And, but um, but this ties into a huge bigger issue that I only want to talk about because that takes a long time. But the whole Pete Rose and the, the Baseball Hall of Fame issue where he's banned from Baseball Hall of Fame, Pete Rose, a great – all-time hitter, all-time great hits. He's banned from uh, Hall of Fame because he gambled. Uh, I think he gambled against his team. But regardless, he gambled in the sport, either for his team to win or against his team to win, which they deemed as unacceptable, and they banned him for the whole Hall of Fame, which I think is a little absurd, in my opinion, when the guy has such great accolades. But that's a different story. But I don't think Calvin Ridley, to sum up my, my statement, I don't think Calvin Ridley should be suspended for a whole year when you're only suspending people with domestic violence charges for less time, in my opinion. If you want to make it even or handle that situation as, as you like, but I just don't think that's kind of fair to Calvin Ridley. See, the NFL already – we already know the NFL has existing problems within, within, within itself. You know what I mean? Like, NFL has a bunch of problems, whether it's, like, uh, obviously, like, the time of suspensions, it goes further, like – so many different problems in the NFL I'm not going to get into. However, my thing is this, right? Granted, even though, like, it's, like, kind of, like, like, when we look at it from the outside, and it's like, oh, my God, this guy's just betting, you know? Let him bet, whatever. Who cares, right? The thing is, though, if you sign a contract that specifically states if you bet, you are going to be in trouble. Like, that's literally, you know what I'm saying? Like, if you bet, A, B, and C are going to happen. You know what I mean? Why are you betting? That's my thing. It's like you knew the consequence. You knew the the repercussions that it had. You know what I mean? Like you knew what the possibilities were, and you still did it anyway. So you know, granted, yeah, a year might be harsh, right? And like comparing it to like other situations, like domestic domestic violence and all that stuff, right? It it could be like it it doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. However, like I'm saying. Him getting banned for a year, you like you knew something was going to happen, whether whether it's excessive or not, you still were the wrong because it's like you shouldn't have done it, even though it, it doesn't make sense, right? You knew that it was wrong, you knew that you're gonna it was gonna affect you. That's my thing. It's like, bro, like why? Well, there's no, there's literally no reason. Imagine you getting paid a million dollars and all you had to do was not bet. Why? Like, yeah, it make sense. I, I guess you didn't do it for the money in that sense gamble for the money because he's already making millions of dollars but what are you doing for then i don't know for the the joy the gratification (laughs) oh my gosh hey man but that's all that's that's literally all i really have to say on that 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 was that situation is crazy man i'm just waiting for more details to arise obviously in the next coming days of what actually happened to make a full assumption or a full statement on that but uh yeah pretty much all I have for that, but before we move on, we have four audio messages from Mr. Motivation, so let's play all of them and see what you guys say. Let's do it. 
So two things, because this comment really been bothering me and I can't get away from it. You said that, uh, well, three things now that I think about it. But you said, David, that LeBron James just makes everybody better. What happened with Russell? What happened with Russell Westbrick? Russell Westbrick. Uh, if Russell was traded to the Nets, uh, KD would definitely leave because he know he can't win nothing with him. Um, I don't even know why the Nets would make that trade. Secondly, where is Ben Simmons? Where's Ben Simmons? Where is Ben Simmons? Lastly, um, can we put John in MVP conversation, please? Yes. Like, he got the Grizzlies rolling, bruh. He doing his thing, too. Uh, Eric, real quick, real quick, can I I mention that first statement that he said about LeBron James making everyone better? Yeah. So, real quick, Mr. Motivation, you said, how come he's not doing that to Russell Westbrook? And it's a big difference when people want to learn when people don't want to learn. And I feel like Russell Westbrook right now, he's kind of stubborn in the sense where he doesn't really want to learn. And uh, I feel like that's what the only difference between – you can only teach someone so much, and if they don't want to learn, then they're not going to grasp anything. And I think that's where Russell Westbrook is at the moment. So I think that's that's why I stand in that in that current thing. But um, yeah, I agree, with David. Russell Westbrook just he's, he's just single minded. He doesn't want to change his play style. That's it. He's not open to doing anything else. All he knows is get triple doubles and and, and vibe. That's literally all he knows. <laughs> and he's not even doing that anymore. So it's just. Uh, I, I agree with that, right? You can't really blame Braun for someone like that. But um, I, also, the Ben Simmons situation, don't even get me started on that, bro, because that is so stupid. I don't care what anybody says about that. That is so dumb to me. That doesn't make any sense to me. I don't care. He's been out for who knows how long right now, right? And you mean to tell me that you're not fit? Back soreness? What are we doing, guys? Like... Dude, you've been out for literally months. What have you been doing within those months? Just sitting around on your freaking couch. Like, I don't, I don't understand. You should have been, the moment you got traded from the Nets, the only thing that they, sh- they should have been doing is working on the chemistry with the team. Other than that, you should have been 110%. Maybe you had a little bit of rust at most, right? Because you haven't played with, like, a real, you haven't played with a team for a little bit, right? But... All this commotion, like, back soreness, he's not fit, he's not ready. Like, bro, Ben, like, this should not be happening. This realistically just shouldn't be happening. You've had, there's no excuse at this point, right? Like, you, you fought your way out of freaking Philly, p- clean it up. James Hardy fought his way out of freaking Brooklyn, but now look at him. He's freaking, he's balling out on Philly. What are you doing, mm-hmm. Ben? What are you doing about it? It's, hey, it's, I, it's, go ahead. I think I, I think I know what the problem is. I think it's a facade. The word back soreness. I think it's a it's a fake. I don't think that's really what the problem is. I think I think I, I think I know what the problem is. And I think on March tenth, on Thursday, Brooklyn they play at Philadelphia, don't they? Yes. So Ben Simmons says that he does not want to play in Philadelphia. He has a bad hatred for Philadelphia. So I'm thinking. So why would you play? The back soreness is used as a thing of. Me being a baby, in a sense, me not wanting to play against fans that might boo me, I think that's a real issue. But it's too long oh to fit God. in the injured reserve uh, parentheses, so you have to put back soreness. That's in my opinion. That's 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 if that's the case, that's terrible. But um, it's just like it's just so annoying. Like this guy, like David, we're talking about back soreness. David, I know you go to the gym. 
Okay. I used to oh, go yeah. to the gym. I'm a big I... man, bro. I'm like 350 pounds. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Love I'm it. Sorry. Love it. Well, no, <laughs> What's it called? I used to go to the gym here and there, right? Dave, you know what deadlifting is, obviously, right? Oh, 100%, yeah. Okay. You go to the gym, you go to do back then. You do a couple of deadlifts, you know what I'm saying? Like, you do a couple of back workouts, you know? How does your back feel after the, after the workout? Oh, it feels, it feels, it feels great. <laughs> no, it feels, it feels sore, yeah, obviously. Okay. Back soreness. I, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. I mean... It's one thing to be like, ow, my back, like, there's something wrong with it. All right? Then get it checked out. <laughs> like, what are we doing? What are we waiting for? You know, and, and the sad part is, is that I see so many people in, in, in America with jobs, so many people that I know that actually have back problems, like That's spinal so- cord issues, that actually have to go to work to make a living, to provide food and money for their families, and just... Ben Simmons to have the audacity to say that he has back soreness and he won't be playing and he gets millions of dollars upon that. It just kind of goes to show that there's a little bit of spoiledness in that as well. Now, now I'm about to go crazy because you just said that. And uh, hold up. I, I don't know. I don't know if you mind or not. I, I, to be honest with you, you listen right now. I don't care. What's it called? Shout out to my dad, right? My dad, he has back problems. Mm-hmm. Okay. He had, like he he has some back problems right there. He had a surgery on it one here or there, regardless. Yeah, whatever. But he works every single day. Okay? And you know here, he might complain here and there because you know his back hurts. You know, that means not as sense. much as Ben Simmons, though. No, but this <laughs> dude gets back soreness and he can't what? Are you kidding me? Like you you're making millions and ah, oh, oh my gosh. You know, uh, it, 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 it hurts even more because it's our team. That's what pisses me off even more. It's like, bro, we need – it's either win or done for the Brooklyn Nets, and you're doing nothing about it. It's so annoying. It's, it's, just, it's, just, really, it's just really annoying. It just goes to show how spoiled they are in a sense. I bet you Michael Jordan wouldn't, wouldn't be out of a game with back soreness back in those old days. Michael Jordan would have went into the game with COVID. That's how crazy he is. <laughs> he probably would have wore a mask while playing. Exactly. Michael, you would enter the arena and like, Michael, you can't play. You have COVID. Michael, you put on eight masks, freaking groggy and all. Probably have, can't breathe and, and still and still drop 50. It's like, called the mask game. Like, dude. Oh, my gosh. I mean, insane. But also, just to wrap that one up on that, that um, audio message as well. Um, yes, John Morant's in the conversation. I believe in the conversation. Yeah. As it's of right now, like, I have, an, I have updated my list, so I'm not going to tell you where he is, right? On my list, he's not as high as he should be. But see, our list is going to pertain more to the end of the season. So by the end of the season, I think he's going to be perfectly, like, perfectly placed where he should be. You know what I'm saying? So give it time. But I definitely think, like, in form-wise, right, if we had to pick one, like, right now, John Moran's definitely top five. He's definitely top five. You know what I mean? So... <laughs> Yeah, we'll leave, I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Most definitely. But uh, we do have four audio messages, so let's play these. And then let's we'll do it. And then we'll move on to our hot takes. But they're all from Mr. Motivation, so let's hear what you guys say. When it comes to Clippers, yes, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are amazing. And yes, this team can be dangerous. Um, they're still in the basement, though. Don't worry about it. They're still in the basement. They still can't get to Western Conference Finals. You know, they still going to have trouble with the Mavericks if they meet them. But anyway, um, <laughs> all that aside... The only hope that they have, that I have for this team, 
is the fact that they got a secret sauce that y'all don't y'all may know about or may not know about. And the secret sauce is Reggie Jackson. Now, now, give, don't hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out first. Reggie Jackson with the safety glasses. When Reggie Jackson got them safety glasses on, it's a whole different Reggie Jackson, bro. It, it, you got to get the, the safety glasses are the freaking sauce when it comes to Reggie Jackson and the Clippers. There it is. That is true. Against the Lakers, he dropped like 30 plus. almost a near triple-double with those safety glasses on. So maybe he has a point. No, but trust me, yo, Miss Motivations, we know about the secret sauce. Come on, David. Don't, we, we know about Reg, what, what Reggie Jackson can do. Nah, like, Reggie Jackson. I didn't Jackson, know about the goggles, though. I didn't know the goggles were the sauce. I knew Reggie Jackson was the sauce, but I didn't know the, the goggles <laughs> were the secret sauce. No, that's a great take, Mr. Motivations. I don't think anyone would disagree with you in that either. Reggie Jackson is definitely mm-hmm. a key part of that team, like 110%. When, when Paul George was carrying that team before he got hurt, Reggie Jackson was a second, second-hand man. You know what I mean? Like, he was always behind them right there. Reggie Jackson can kind of, like, do it all. You know what I mean? He's not, like, yeah. a star player. But he's he's a good he's a great player to have on your team, you know. So definitely agree on that. Great take right there. One hundred percent. And a quick little fun story with Reggie Jackson. If you guys didn't know this, but um, he said like with an interview with a reporter, he said that right before like the off season where he got to go to the L.A. Clippers, he was thinking about retiring, and he said that that call what? from the L.A. Clippers was in fact a blessing in disguise. So um, yeah. So we have Reggie Jackson for another two. Se- uh, for two more seasons after that, of him considering to retire, so he's been doing pretty good, don't you think? Wow! Imagine if you retired, we would never get the sauce. Never got the sauce. No sauce, man. That's crazy. But yeah, man, that's 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 a great story right there. I actually like that. That's insane. But um, a quick little fun thing. Without further ado, Brad, let's go into the next audio message, which is from Mister Motivation, man. Actually, the next three are from him, so let's just play them. Here we go. Yeah, another thing. How y'all gonna brush past? The Pelican game. Who? Uh, I don't even know if it was that game, but I think it was. But anyway, either either or, it don't even matter. How are we going to brush past the no-look half-court shot <laughs> by my man Brandon <laughs> Ingram? Oh, my goodness. You know what I'm saying? Like, you talk about no-looks in football, but a no-look in that? Like, that was just a heave. Like, that was just like a, I don't know, but we're going to try it. It was fire, bro. <laughs> No, that was probably one of the best half court shots I've seen in a long time. It it was, don't get me wrong. Like it was obviously amazing to see. But in my opinion, when it comes to like stuff like that in the NBA, that stuff is just luck. Like unless oh, it's Steph Curry, it's just luck. Unless like, he's calculating, he's doing the physics of the exact arc he needs to get, the exact speed. That's all luck. <laughs> yeah, like if his if he's in his regular shot form, it's skill, right? But. If he's like leaning like Brandon Ingram was, like he just Brandon Ingram just chucked that thing up there. It was like he just uses a prayer, you know what I mean? Like it's, he was just hoping it went it did, and then he was like, "Hey man, I got it," you know what I'm saying? But no looking like the NFL is like different gravy, you know what I'm saying? Like that, Wait, that that's maybe, crazy. Maybe Brandon Ingram has the sauce. Mm, talk maybe. about it. No, they ain't going anywhere this season. Maybe, I mean, maybe unless he, maybe he needs goggles. Hear hear me out, man. Hold up. Zombo man comes back. Big boy Zion comes back, bro. The Pelicans make the play in tournament. They go first round against the freaking Suns, and they beat the Suns. Zion becomes a champion. GG's. You know, once you mentioned the the word Suns, I definitely denied every single claim you made after that. 
right, listen, don't worry about it. Because when Zion comes back, he's going to baby everyone in this league. I love it. Except for Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is still superior until he retires. But Lindsay God. That's all jokes, ladies and gentlemen. But um, let's go ahead and go into the next audio message. Yeah, David? Let's do it. All right, next one's from Mr. Motivations. Here we go. This is the Cavalry situation, which we're going to go more in depth um, tomorrow night. DJ Sports, Tuesday Throwdown, Jeff Green, Prestige Night. I don't want to miss it. Uh, roughly yes, around 8.30, 9 o'clock. Yeah. Um, but just briefly say it. It's about integrity of the game. You don't want anybody to think that these games are rigged or that <laughs> anything in the league is rigged. So you got to make an example when things like this happen. I get your point, David. You make a really good point. Um, but the league cares more about the shield. They care more about their image than anything. So anything that goes against the game is going to be judged more than just some outside activity. Not saying that beating on women or whatever, domestic violence, is not a, a, a serious issue because it is. But the NFL doesn't look at it that way. Um and I agree with you. Like, he should have just got his cousin or whoever to do it. But, you know, it is what it is. I, I feel like smart players do that. I feel like they gam- other people gamble for them. You know what I mean? Hey, it's not illegal. It's not illegal. And, you know, sports gambling is not illegal in New York State. So, you know what me and Eric are doing, right, Eric? Yeah. Yeah, I know. Nah, I do that. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I don't gamble, though. I'm going to be real with you. I don't gamble the one time. I, like, semi-gambled was when my friend let me on his account with his money. You know what I mean? Like, it was, like, I had nothing to do with it. He's just like, if you win this, I'll give you all the money. I was like, all right, win. All right, I'll take that. I'll take that. I lost, well, though, so. The only, thing, the only time I gamble is on Super Bowl. That's it. With the Super Bowl fun little boxes that you do, that's it. Oh, that, I don't consider that. Like, all right. That's, like, that's, like, that's, like, family games to me. Like, that's, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's a gamble, but, like, that's, like, Nice, you know what I'm saying? That's a, a cool game, you know. What I mean? It's like they spend some really quality crazy. time while you know putting in like 50 bucks. Yeah, you know, good yeah, quality time while you put in your life savings. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. You know, when you when you when you put when you when you do a game when you gamble on a game that you don't care about, it makes it more interesting, obviously. So that's so true. I wouldn't that's... gamble, I wouldn't do it if my Jets or Giants were in the Super Bowl. I, I wouldn't do it. NBA games that you gotta gamble on are the games that like. Like the Rockets versus the Magic, so you can make it interesting. You know what I'm saying? Like those because ga- like those games, like they just no one cares about it. So you have to make it interesting somehow. You gamble on. That's the other thing. But what's it called? Gamble responsibly, ladies and gentlemen. If you do gamble, make sure you gamble. You know what's funny? You know what's funny on the gambling commercials? If you ever realize this, on the bottom it says, "If you have a gambling problem, please call this number." And I never understood that. I'm like, if people had a gambling problem, why would you put it on a gambling commercial advertising gambling? It just, it just, it just because they know it's sense. a serious problem. They I know, but they, serious... I know, but they put it in the tiniest spot and they say it really fast. It's like, if you have a gambling problem, please don't contact this number, blah, blah, blah. And they close, they close <laughs> It's like, what? What'd you say? <laughs> it's like, it's like, hey, what'd you say right there? What was that? What was that? <laughs> it's like, I watch those medicine commercials where it's like, it's like, oh, this, this probably, I don't know, helps heart failures, blah, blah, blah. This medicine, blah, blah, blah. But at the end, it says, May give you death. I'd be like, what? <laughs> like, what you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Imagine I'm talking to you. I'm like, I'm like offering you this contract, right? I'm like, you know, it's a million. You have a million dollars in the contract. You're guaranteed to play like eight years. You know what I mean? Like all starting positions and everything like that. 
um, you have to give me your social security number. But other than that, you just kind of like. <laughs> it was like, we'll just totally disregard that whole statement you said in between. Oh, my gosh, man. But um, I will say this much. What's it called? Have you, David, have you ever like had Fandles or ceased or like, like played around with the app Fandles? No. You would, if you did, or if you ever like experienced it just a little bit, you would then understand why they put that on the on the screen. Like it's oh yeah, no, it's like it's like a video game. 100%. It's bad. It's extremely bad. Yeah. Like when I tell you, my friend, when I like I said before, like my friend gave me like the opportunity to do with his money. That I I saw that, and I when I like played around with it with with um his phone, I was like, I can never download this app ever. I was like, I could mm-hmm. never go because like it would just be. It's it's addicting. It's very addicting. Very forgiving. 100%. Yeah, man. But other than that, nice little conversation right there. But um, Very personable. Let's go on to the next audio message, which is from Mr. Motivations, man. Here we go. Speaking of James Harden, that fat suit drop off fast, bro. It drop off nice, oh, don't oh, it? He had that fat suit on, and then he got to Philly, and now he looked like freaking James Harden again. He did the same thing in Houston, boy. I don't know where he get that fat suit from, but he better keep on to it in case, in case he got to get out again. Oh no, he's holding on to that baby because he's gonna be, he's gonna be out of there once again. Don't worry. Once Tyrese Maxey starts to, pl- no, I don't hope this for Tyrese Maxey because he's my boy. But Tyrese Maxey's young. Once he has like a couple bad games, James Harden's gonna be like, and they can't win games. He's gonna be like, oh my gosh, you guys suck, and then he's gonna put it back on. And he's gonna stop playing. You know what I'm saying? So. You know what I'm gonna do though? When James Harden's like sixty years, sixty years old and like like retired, obviously done with basketball, right? We're gonna have him on this podcast, right? I'm gonna ask him. I'm gonna be honest. I'm gonna be like James. I'm like, did you wear a fat suit? You know what I'm saying? Like, just be honest with us right now, and then watch him say yes. You know what I mean? You know he'll be like, Nah, man, I was just completely bloated. You know, from all the Philly cheese. Stop it! Oh my! So what? Bloating. Was it from Brooklyn, the you had all the chopped cheeses? You were you were you blow from all the chopped cheeses? What about it's Houston? From all the gluten, the gluten makes you blow. So that's his excuse. Oh my gosh, this dude! All right, let's go ahead. Let's go ahead and play the last audio message from Mr. Motivations, man. Here we go. Shout out to all the gambling sites and everything. I got I dabbled into it a little bit, but. I'm not a neck dick or anything. And I don't really bet. Like, the highest I ever bet was, like, $30. I don't – I'd be low-balling. Yeah. I'm trying to go zero to hero, yeah. five, ten, you know, <laughs> you know, something like that, you know, and can multiply. But, uh, you know, trust I have my soccer picks. I don't want to talk about it. But, uh, yeah, if anybody is dealing with gambling, um, hit me up. I'm going to bet you $100 that you can't stop. Or I'm going to bet you $100 that you can't stop, you know. But, you know, if you got a problem, you know, let's go. Wait, is that, like, yeah. good or bad? Can that help I don't anybody? Know. I, I, that could have been know. nice. Wait a minute. He said, if you have a gambling problem, hit me up. I'm going to bet you $100 that you can't stop. Oh, well, so, I like, could... oh, no, that would help. So, like, he's like, I'm betting you $100 that you can't stop. So, if you stop. Right, since you're get, since you're addicted to gambling, and you're addicted to like kind of like trying to win or something, I guess you could say, you would have to stop, and then you would win the hundred dollars. You know, I you think know, that's how it you're making. You're confusing me right now. <laughs> Not gonna lie, no. I have no idea. Think about it. It's like say if you had a gambling addiction. I'm like, all right, I bet you hundred dollars that you can't stop. What are you gonna try to do? I'm gonna try to stop. Exactly. Get look, look. 
Addiction solved. Done. <laughs> it was that easy, right? Nah, nah, it's definitely not that easy, man. It's definitely not that easy. But um, yeah. What's it called? What's about to say? Oh, I forgot what I was gonna say, man. Oh dang, that's tough. All right, you'll get it back. Well, you'll get it back. You know, either way, man. Old saying goes: if it's important enough, you'll remember it. And I always hated yeah. it because I could never remember it. So then I, I realized that none of the stuff I talk about is important. Oh my god! He's like, it's nothing important anymore, bro. Like, what's going on? He's like, what's the meaning of life? But regardless, Uh (laughs) Um, wait, ladies and gentlemen, what? I was no, go ahead, go ahead. You better get into it, anyways. Ladies and gentlemen, let's move on to our next segment called Hot Takes, and uh, we are close to our time limit, but we'll just go through our. We have one message on our one hot take on Instagram. And we asked you guys on our Instagram, which is official underscore DE underscore takeover. So please follow that. We asked you guys on our Instagram to give us some hot takes that we can discuss and hopefully discuss with you guys as well. But um, Eric, I believe we did have one today and only one. So we will just do that one and only. Correct. Yeah. I'm just, I like, I always like to check like during the show, see if we got anything like last minute and we did not. Okay. Perfect. So we only have one. All right. Mm-hmm. Like you said, like you said, so we'll do that one. And then, so here it is basically. So, Shout out to our boy Jojo Meyer. Oh, you know, sir. Um, quick plug for we. Got, I I want to give a quick plug for Jojo. Jojo Jojo is um playing you know volleyball athlete playing around Po College. Shout out to him. He's a baller. Go check him out. Um, absolute great player. You know what I mean? That's that's me. That's me. David's boy right there. But um, what's it called? Um, jo- Jojo said in the hot take. He said LeBron is just not better than MJ. Agreed. I think I think we just finished the whole hot take. Ah, uh, see, you don't want to get into <laughs> nah. it. That's why you don't want to get in, ladies and gentlemen. I told this that we saw that we obviously see the hot takes before, like we go on live, right? And David, I talked to David about it, and he was like, "Oh my god, here we go. Let me bring up my stats." He's like, "Let me bring up all my stats." <laughs> What's it called? LeBron. He just said LeBron is just not better than MJ, and uh, uh, I don't really want to get into it too uh, much because like. Well, I mean, there's no real argument because we don't have really get any. I don't know if we have any person in here that believes that LeBron is better than MJ. I mean, like, and not, I wouldn't like say like you're wrong. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's gone to a point. Yeah, it's a, it's gone to a point. Like, it's kind of like I don't know if it's Ronaldo Messi level, right? Because Messi and Ronaldo to me is just a complete. In my head, it's not a stalemate, but I've re- come to realize that like it's just a complete stalemate. Right, like it's just these two are the greatest, and like there's no one; it's just two in soccer. You know what I mean? Or yeah. Football. Sorry, but like for basketball, I feel as in my opinion, I, f- I still feel Jordan has a little bit of an edge, but um, um, that's just how I feel about it. You know, it's just and I feel like it's just more of an opinion based thing at this point. You know what I mean? Like if someone says LeBron's better, I'm not gonna argue you at this point. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I just think, but I think when you mentioned soccer, I think. Ronaldo and Messi, the only difference comparing that to Le- MJ and LeBron is that Le- uh, Ronaldo and Messi are playing at the same time. Yeah. So it's easier to judge their gameplay because they kind of verse each other sometimes, and they also are playing at the same time, versing the same competition and the same athleticism and players. When you look at Michael Jordan and LeBron James, you, some people might say LeBron James is versing more athletic players and the game is evolving differently. And he's kind of evolved with it as well. So you can give credit to LeBron James as well. But also Michael Jordan was not versing those scrubs, let's be honest. And um, it kind of it sucks for me is that I can never see Michael – I, I can never watch Michael Jordan play live. 
obviously I can watch the highlights and I have watched the highlights and he's absolutely monster. I watched the documentary. He's an absolute beast. But to actually sit down and watch Michael Jordan game or Bulls game, I can never watch that because obviously I'm too young. I'm too young for that. So it's, it's a shame, but I can only judge it based off of LeBron James's play. But, um, if we look at the stats, for anyone who doesn't know, I'm a stat guy. So if we look at the stats. Oh, no. NBA championships. LeBron James has four. Michael Jordan has six. Michael Jordan has one up in terms of winning. All NBA right, I'll seasons. keep track. Wait. I'll keep track. Hold on. Let me write All right, down. Are you going to do 101? All right. Yeah, I got MJ and I got LeBron. Okay. So I'm going to do like a tally marker. So to keep going, just, just say like whatever who wins, just say their name. Okay. LeBron James played 19 seasons in the NBA, and he's still counting, when Michael Jordan has played only 15. So LeBron James takes it in terms of longevity. He's basically been playing at a long, long time at a high level. So you got to give him that. And, and uh, at playoff, uh, playoffs played, how many seasons he's played in the playoffs? LeBron James has 15. Michael Jordan has 13. So you can also put that into perspective as well. LeBron James has more playoff experience. Uh, Wait, hold up, hold up. Playoff appearances. Question. Correct. LeBron's played 19, 18 seasons? 19, um, 19, right? 19, 19. 19 and 15 playoff appearances. How many have Jordan played? 13, uh, 15 seasons and 13 playoff appearances. So, who do you really give that to? Uh, you give I, that to I LeBron? Yeah. Because LeBron won longevity. Of- and in that case, that is longevity. But, like, if you talk about percentage of being in the playoffs, that's what yeah, I'm saying. How, how many? Yeah, I know you're saying. Who, who do you give that? So, who? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you decide because I, I have to be honest with you, it's too long. It's too, I'm going to say like, how many times he got there because I'm going to take account of longevity as well. Okay, so LeBron, LeBron. Because you're still making a playoff appearance. doesn't matter okay. the percentage. Still making it. Um, uh, All-Star games. LeBron James has played in 18 All-Star games. Out of his eight, out of his nineteen seasons, he's been All Star game eighteen That's times. Ridiculous. Well, Michael Jordan is pretty much the same stat. He's been played fifteen NBA seasons and he's been to the All Star game fourteen times. So I call that a tie. It doesn't matter because they I'm both think literally one season difference. If you want to count fifteen to fourteen and eighteen to nineteen. Okay. But, um, now we go to the honors and awards. This might take a little while, but I gotta go. To the let's stat. go. Let's go. Season, oh, I'm season MVPs. Season MVPs, LeBron James has four. Michael Jordan has five. One up for Jesus. Michael Jordan. Five uh, MVPs is crazy. Oh, my it's gosh. Insane. It's insane. Finals MVPs, LeBron James has four. So, he is four for four in, in finals MVPs and going to the finals. And Michael Jordan has six. So, he is six for six as well, 100%. So, Michael Jordan got that. All NBA first team. So, this is basically... NBA picks the best players and they put them in one team, if anyone doesn't know. LeBron James has 13 out of 19 seasons, and Michael Jordan only has 10 out of 15. Ah. Uh, we look at all NBA teams. Uh, total select. Actually, no, let me just go back to that. That's not, that's not really important. All defensive first team. LeBron James has five. Michael Jordan has nine. So Oof. defense is looking like Michael Jordan takes it. Defensive player of the year, Michael Jordan has. Uh, LeBron James has zero. Michael Jordan has one. Okay. Scoring leaders. LeBron James has one. Michael Jordan has ten. Yeah! Yeah! Oh, my gosh! Ten? Assist, uh, ten, yeah. Out of 15 seasons, he led the NBA in scoring. That's in assist scary! Leader. It's insane. Assist leaders. 
LeBron James has one. He led one season in assists, while Michael Jordan has zero. Mm-hmm. This is where LeBron James is starting is going to start taking. He's LeBron James takes it in the assist and rebounding column, but Michael Jordan obviously takes this in the scoring aspect and the defense. But in the steals department, steal leader, Mike, LeBron James has zero seasons as he's as as leading in steals. Michael Jordan has three. Rookie of the year is they both are tied for one. Now, okay. this is my final one because I don't want to bore anyone. But we'll do points per game, rebounds per game, assists, steals, and blocks per game. Oh, points my game. gosh. Points per game. LeBron James is averaging 27.1 points per game and still counting a, based off this of his is career. career, right? Career. Correct. Yeah, career. Okay, okay, okay. Michael Jordan is averaging 30 Point one yeah. points per game. Yeah, that, okay, so I'll be honest. With you, I don't think I don't think LeBron's hitting that either way. Like, no, I don't, I think LeBron like he's just too much of a facilitator to hit all. If he hits that, I scream. That'd be insane. <laughs> it would be. It would be absolutely insane. But um, after that, rebounds per game. LeBron James has seven point five rebounds per game, while Michael Jordan has six point two. So this is where LeBron James starts to take it a little bit. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, and the assist assists per game. LeBron James has 7.4 assists per game, while Michael Jordan has 5.3. Okay. Okay. On steals per game, LeBron James has 1.6 steals per game, averaging his career. And it could obviously be more because he's still playing. While Michael Jordan has 2.3 steals per game. Jeez. And now for the last category in blocks, LeBron James has 0.8 blocks in his whole career, averaging. And Michael Jordan ties that with point eight as well. So, wow. so basically, sum this up and not well. Basically, Eric, what's the, what's the stats on that, real quick? Who who got that victory? If we look at uh, based off all the stats I listed, it's so weird to say this, right? But however, going off of all the stats, we went one for one, and obviously, like we know that this does not like it's just like stat based. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're not talking about anything else, but like just for fun. Um, MJ won 12 to 9. Wow, that's still, that's still pretty close, though. It is very close. Very mm-hmm. freaking close. But, and there's other yeah. stats you can go into as well. Mm-hmm. I think. 100%. 100%. Those are just the, the basic ones I wanted to hit. But basically, what separates, in my opinion, regardless of stats, what separates these two guys, I think, is mentality. And I'm not saying that LeBron James' mentality is. Is not is not good. I think it's absolutely great. But when you think of Michael Jordan, the first thing that pops into my head is the way he handled the game and the way he, his mentality was towards the game. He was a dog. He fought for everything. He made sure that he got every the job done. And he played like obviously he played. People said it was like he had food poisoning, but he played during <laughs> many disadvantages to say in terms of health and all that stuff. So, in my opinion, for the the. And to sum up the question, who is better, Michael Jordan, LeBron James? Obviously, this is my opinion, and it can go either way. I think LeBron James is a fantastic player, but as of right now, and LeBron James can't possibly do this, but based off of winning and based off of stats as well, I have to go in mentality. I got to go, Michael Jordan has a slight edge over LeBron James, a very slight one. Uh, for me, for me, it's always been Jordan, but like nothing against LeBron. I just... I just think Jordan's better. That's all I'm gonna say. I just think that, I just, it's just my opinion. Like I can't, I can't help but to like I can't help but to think that he is. Like I just, 
the the the, the idea the idea of a man instilling fear into almost a darn darn near entire league is is crazy. I think, LeBron, got, I think LeBron James does that too. I, I I don't think no one's afraid of LeBron. What? No one no, nobody in the league is afraid of LeBron James. Dude, you have people that literally you have people that can literally back the fact that they were like, Yeah, I was kinda afraid of Jordan at one point. Like people have said that. No one has come out and said that about LeBron James. You know what I'm saying? Like, granted, I'm not gonna lie, playoff LeBron is different gravy. Let's be real. Like, I'm scared of LeBron if I'm versus LeBron James. I'm scared that he's gonna drop forty five on my head and we're gonna lose. That's what but I'm you're talking about. Player, like you know, it's a different situation. Like I, I'll just say, like over overall, I don't think the fear that MJ put in people. I don't think LeBron really ever did that. But that's not like to take away from LeBron. You know what I mean? LeBron like, again, like he's just they're two different players. Like he, I don't understand. I, I just think MJ's better. That's just my opinion, though. And I think the I'm, thing, and the thing is, I don't think this debate will ever get it. Accomplished with everyone agreeing on one thing, obviously because different opinions, and obviously everyone thinks differently, but also because of the different time periods they played with. People can make points that LeBron James is playing in more of an athletic, athletic type of um players now, with where big centers are taking three point shots and it's hard to guard. You got people like Giannis driving to the paint, and you got people like Jokic passing the ball like superbly. It's like absolutely unheard of. Where back in the day, big men were basically primarily rebounders. And guards are scorers and playmakers. But the game has changed, and I think LeBron James has adapted well to that. But also, you can look at Michael Jordan's side and be like, people were tougher and grittier back then. And, like, there was literally – a technical nowadays is, is, like, literally laughing when a technical back then was punching someone in the face. You know what I mean? Oh, my gosh. Technical nowadays, you give you had the, you had the ball to the referee the wrong – you had the ball to the referee the wrong way, or you give – you, like you – like, you like tap the referee on the shoulder a little bit too hard. It's a technical. My yeah. gosh, back in the day, you had to freaking clothesline someone to get a technical. Oh my god! <laughs> All right, but listen. Without further ado, let's play this last audio message, and then um, we'll get into our. Let's do it. All right, here we go. This one's from Mister Motivations. Here we go. Here's the thing, guys. Um, when it comes to the goat conversation, I feel like. Football is the only sport that has definitive goats. Let me yes. explain. Tom Brady is the goat yeah. quarterback. There yeah. is no better quarterback. I love my homeboy, baby goat, you know, Joe Montana, Dan Marino, all them guys. But Tom Brady is the goat. Jerry Rice is the goat wide receiver. I love Randy Moss. I love, you know, whoever else you want to throw it there, but Jerry Rice is the goat wide receiver. Basketball, mm, Jordan, mm, LeBron. Football, Messi, Ronaldo. Like, there's a lot of sports where it can be debated, but football is the definitive goal. And I think for that reason, it's like, if you can always be compared, you're not a goal. Oh, that's a hot, hot take. Hold up. Did you, did you peep the end? Did if, you you're always, if you're always going to compare, if you're always being compared, and you're not a goat. Whoa, can wait, hold up, hold up. But are you being? But then again, but are you being compared to other people's perceptions? Other people's opinions are being compared. Hold up, wait a minute. 
Hold, I'm writing that down. He said, if you're always being compared, you're not a GOAT. I kind of like that. I'm not going to lie. But, like, I think like that's the mentality you kind of want to have, in a sense. But, like, dang. That's a tough, that's a tough hot take right there. That's like saying, like, I get what you're saying because, like, you would never say that LeBron and Jordan aren't GOATs. You know what I mean? But, like, Tom Brady is a GOAT GOAT. You know what I mean? Like, there's no question in anybody's mind in the whole entire world that, that someone is. And if it is, they're probably a fan of the person. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's no one that, like, actually believes, at least I've never met somebody, that believes that um, Tom Brady is not the GOAT of, like, quarterbacks. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm. Wow. But I think that also was... in football, I think also in football, it's also positional. Also, like you said, go to fo- go to the quarterbacks. It's like it's a less. Uh, I mean, it's a less variety. Ver- 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 I say var- variety. 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 Less variety. Variety. There you go. <laughs> players. When you look at the NBA, I guess it's more any position. But then again, I don't know. I, I don't know. I just like I, I just used I like I like the um I like what he said there. Yeah, that could look be a quote of the week, David. I'm not gonna lie, like that was fire. You're hinting at me, I, I might use it. Just send it over. He's I mean it's like it's a little harsh, but it's also like a dog mentality type of thing. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. if, if you're always being if, compared, then you're not really a goat. You're not a really a goat. That's just like for like you got you gotta really wanna be that guy, you know what I'm saying? Like that's I mean, I'm gonna. Tyrese Maxey has four points and four assists. I'm gonna cry. <laughs> but Harding's yeah, playing bad. Good. He's playing good. No, Harding's playing bad. He has like he has 14 points and 10 assists, but he's shooting four for 13. But Joel Embiid has 38 points. Harden showing and, his true, true colors. And Joel Embiid has 38 points, 11 rebounds, and it's eight minutes left of the game. Oh my gosh. He could possibly drop like 50 or 60. That's scary. So I, it's insane. But regardless, ladies and gentlemen, that was our hot take segment. And um, without further ado, let's move on to a couple big deals, not a big deals. I'm going to go through, what, two maybe? Like real quick, <laughs> three, and because we're over time. And then we're going to go into NBA Go of the Week. But, Eric, you have a couple too or no? I actually don't. I'm not going to so lie to you. I, I, do, I have to say. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just go into mine. I have, I have three that I primarily want to go over. So if you All don't right, mind, do let's it. get it popping. So, big deal, not a big deal. Eric. Okay, so, big deal, not a big deal. Charlotte FC, this new MLS expansion team that, that's basically starting after new season this year, um, breaks MLS attendance record in home opener with 74,479 people in attendance. Big deal or not a big deal? Um, Big deal. And the reason I say that is because it shows that the MLS is growing. That's a very big thing. Soccer, um, football needs to grow in America, right? Create more chances for more people. You know what I mean? We have a lot of great talent in this in, in, in America. It's just not exposed because we're so freaking big as a country. You know what I mean? And yeah, also, there's other sports ahead of it too. Yeah, we don't know what we're doing realistically. It's just, it's just we we talked about that in the last podcast, but um, it needs to keep growing and hopefully, like, it's just a step in the right direction. You know. I'm not saying the MLS needs to get, like, 80 more expansion teams. I'm pretty sure they have enough as it is. I ain't going to lie. Wait a minute. Hold up. I'm not going to lie. How many teams are in the MLS? Uh, 30, I want to say. I think they added Austin FC and um, Charlotte FC as the new ones that just came into the league. 
It's 28. It's 28. It's close to 30. It's 28. Uh, so maybe, maybe it's four teams, and I'll be okay. You know what I mean? Possibly, like, yeah. Nice little two more teams in the MLS, and then a whole, and then make the USL a second league. You know what I mean? Promotion, relegation, then you're good. MLS is on top. You know what I'm saying? At that point, will be, will be, it will be amazing to play here. But until then, everything yeah. needs to. You know what I'm saying? Also. Not gonna lie, I know we're over time and everything, but David, I think in the near future, I mean, we're gonna be eventually one day. I feel like one day DNE takeovers are gonna have their own soccer team. I feel like DNE takeovers <laughs> are gonna, we're gonna have a basketball team in the NBA, we're gonna have our own soccer team in the, in the MLS and our own NFL team. And it, we're, we're just gonna be, we're gonna be all over the place, right? Okay. But all, but, but I wanna say this for soccer specifically, we know that we have the Champions League, that's like the biggest event for soccer throughout the entire year. I think eventually the Champions League will be become a universal league, right? And the reason I say that, I think the Champions League will no longer just be relocated in Europe. I think eventually it's going to become global, right? And obviously we have like a CONCACAF Champions League and all that stuff. And like then we have the Club World Cup. But the Club World Cup doesn't attract anybody. Let's be real. It's, it's boring. No one watches it, right? But mm. eventually there's going to be a known competition, where all the teams in the world get a stab at getting into this until in, in like a whole universal league. I think at that moment, that's when the MLS will blow up because the MLS is going to be able to fight against people like Liverpool and Man City. It's going to be great. Yeah, but they got to make the right moves and they have to have the right competition level too. Exactly. Exactly. But, um, but uh, before we move on to my uh, next big thing on we do, we have a message from Mr. Motivation. So let's hear what you got to say. It's kind of dope. I'm gonna have to go check him out. I'm here in Charlotte, actually. But uh, nice. the guy, a guy I used to go to school with, I actually graduated with, is playing for the Charlotte uh, oh, F- FC. So yeah, I'm gonna have to go check them out. I don't know if he's on the bench, if he start. I don't know. I don't know details. But yeah, I know we went to school together. That's all I do. So and uh, he was pretty cool. We had a bunch of conversations. That was a dope dude. He was dating this girl from Germany or Ireland or some some European country, but they broke up. But uh, I didn't mean to put all his business out here, but yeah, he cool guy. He cool guy. Yeah, you know, this guy. Do you know his name? Yeah, what's his name? I'm looking at the roster right now. What's his name? What's his name? Is it Jalen Jalen Lindsay? It could be. Could it be freaking Adam on the roster? Could it be a? Could it be Benjamin Bender? Could it be? It could be well, anybody. You gotta, bro. you gotta find Mc- out where if they live in Charlotte. That's the main thing. Mackenzie Gaines. Could it be him? You know, like it could be anybody. It could be. But uh, what's about right. Lester? Is it is it, is it Chris? Is it Chris Hargrit? Hargrit? Hegrit? Hegart? Oh. Is it George Marks? Nah, we gotta stop guessing. We gotta <laughs> stop guessing. What's it called? <laughs> um, Miss Motivation. Let us know his name, and we'll like we'll like look him. I love to look him up. But um, yeah, that's awesome. Other than that, David, go ahead and go to your next big deal, not a big deal. All right, my next big deal, not a big deal, has to go in the UFC community. And uh, for anyone didn't know, this Saturday we had a big main event with Kobe Chaos Covington going up against Jorge Gamebred Masvidal. And um, there's a lot of hype around this fight. Two former teammates that are now rivals at the fullest, and uh, it looked like if you watch the highlights, they definitely wanted to attack each other at any cost. Even after the fight, Kobe Covington. Was like, all right, let's keep on fighting. Masvidal's like, yeah, let's keep on fighting. But regardless, there's a lot more beef in there that I tend to talk about. But 
A big deal, not a big deal, Eric. UFC 272, Kobe Covington not only beats Masvidal, but he dominates Masvidal. And many people are saying that this was a joke of a fight, that the UFC has a great way of selling, of promoting and selling fights that basically not even in the right competition in a sense. They're saying that Kobe Covington was way better shape, way better form than Jorge Masvidal. And real quick, if I can go over the stats of the fight, in terms of total strikes, at least the amount of strikes that were landed, Kobe Covington had 218 total strikes in five rounds. And uh, he had 218 uh, strikes out of 338. So that's a completion uh, landing of 64%. While Jorge Masvidal only landed 90 strikes of 166. So that's a 54%. Kind of like a completion rate. But significant strikes, Kobe Covington had 94 out of 201. And Jorge Masvidal had 67 out of 140. And then takedowns, this is where Kobe Covington destroyed Masvidal. He had, Kobe Covington had six takedowns, and he had over almost 16 minutes of control time on the ground. And for anyone to know, these are five-minute rounds, five, five rounds for five rounds. So that's 25 minutes. Kobe Covington had control of Jorge Masvidal for 16-plus minutes of this fight. Absolutely insane. Hey, man. I feel like we kind of expected a little bit of it. I'm not going to lie. You know what I mean? Like... We kind of expected it to come. Like we, we all, we both said that Kobe was gonna win. You know, mm, like yeah. it, uh, I just wish, dang, bro, he dominated him. He, he dominated him. But hey, man, shout out to Kobe, man. Shout out to Kobe. Yeah. Man. Maybe, maybe we'll get we'll get another shot at Marty Fake News. <laughs> <laughs> Coming after you, Marty Fake News, man. I love that. I'm gonna break your face, Marty Fake News, man. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. Kobe. We'd I'll... love to have you on the show, man. You're great. Huh? I said, Kobe. We'd love to have him on the show. He's great. Kobe, I would love to have you on the show, so you can just scream Marty Fake Newsman, bro. Please. <laughs> but let's... <laughs> let's go ahead and um, play the next audio message. Yeah, David. Let's do it. All right, this was Mr. Motivations. Here we go. Brandon. Brandon Adams. Brandon Adams. I don't see a breaking here. I'm about to look him up. up. Nope. Hold up. Hold up. Adams. I found an American actor. No. (laughs) Who is this guy? Brandon Adams. Uh, Let me, let me, hold up. Hold up. Wait. No, I didn't find anybody, Mr. Motivations. Oh, I see a, a Brandon Adams. I see a Brandon Adams on like, on, like, Google. But I don't know if he still... I don't know if he still plays for Charlotte. That's the thing. He might have left. He might have left. He might have left the, the, the squad, man. He might have transferred to, like, the Premier League or something. Who knows? Brandon. Uh, maybe. Adams. Yeah. What's it called? I would do a little bit more research, but um, all right, word, word, little Brandon Adams. That's awesome. Man. But uh, my last big deal, not a big deal, goes into the hockey community, and big deal, not a big deal. Stars forward Jason Robertson, twenty-two years old, scores his second straight hat trick. He's the first player to record a back-to-back hat trick since Alec Ovechkin back in January twenty-twenty. So, uh, I- if anyone doesn't know, he scored three goals. That's a hat trick. And he did not only do it in one game, but he did it in the game right after that as well. So, and he plays tomorrow night. So, see if he can do it three times in a row. 
that that's a scary sight. When someone's scoring two hat when someone's scoring two hatricks back to back, that's six that's six goals in two games. Like <laughs> what? That's insane, bro. Like just to put it in perspective, you don't have to score for the next four games and you'd still be on a good goals to game ratio. <laughs> like that's scary, bro. That's insane. Shout out to him, bro. He's a he's a juggernaut, bro. He's an absolute beast. A beast, and he's looking like a rising star, especially for this Dallas Stars team. So hopefully, I, I'm hoping I'm hoping he gets back to back to back. That would be like the first time in NHL history. Who are they versing? Uh, that I will find out for you. Wait, give me one second. Uh, they're versing the, the yeah the Predators, Nashville Predators tomorrow. Eight what? Oh, no, wait, wait, wait. What? why is it their team name? What? Natural predators? Uh sorry. I, I sorry. I, I thought I was just never mind. Let's just let that go. Alright, let's just move past that. But um yeah, that's all I have for big deal, not a big deal. And ladies and gentlemen, we are almost we're 18 minutes over time. So real quick, we're gonna go into our NBA GOATs of the week. And Eric, do I go first this week or you? I actually go first this week. Alright, then take it away, man, sir. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, I'm gonna go through this real quick, real fast. You already know. Since we're overtime. Um, and without further ado, let's just get into it. So, at number 10, we have a guy we haven't seen in a little bit. Um, is you know, owns Madison Square Garden. Um, Trey Young, he's balding. Yep, number 10. But other than that, we're going to number wait, nine. Wait, wait, he's balling? He, is he balling or balding? I can hear. Both. Oh, he, yeah. he, double B, B squared. <laughs> What's it called? All right, um, at number nine, we got Carl Anthony Towns. We actually balled out for that Timberwolves team. At number eight, we have the Milwaukee Buck, Chris Middleton. At number seven, we have another Milwaukee Buck, Andrew Holiday. At number six, we have the Los Angeles Laker, LeBron James, right? A couple guys haven't been here in a minute. Finally made the list. Awesome to hear. But we move on to net the top five. At number five. I got a guy that I literally have not had in my top 10 the entire year. So I'm glad to see him in here, man. Um, David, it's your boy, man. It's uh, not – is it? No, I'm bugging. Yeah, no, it's Swiper. I'm bugging. De'Aaron Fox, man. He's absolutely um, – wait a minute. Am I bugging? Yes. No. De- Donovan Mitchell is Swiper, what? not Swiper. No, I yeah, he's Swiper. Sorry. I, but um, De'Aaron Fox, man, number five, had a great week, but he couldn't get into the top three. Um, or a top four, because this one guy was above him that I valued a lot higher. And this one guy is literally by himself on this team. Literally no one else. He's got Josh Giddy. He's pretty good. You know what I'm saying? Um, Lou Dort here and there, he's nice. But realistically, it's just it's just him. And it's just it's just this guy and friends. And that's, that guy is Shy or Shea Gilders Alexander. Um, SGA, man. He, it's just him and friends, bro. He's just ball, he's balling out on the Thunder. He's just having fun at this point. He's just playing basketball. Um he needs help um, tremendously, but couldn't get to the top three because the top three are some ballers this week, ladies and gentlemen. At number three, it paid me to put this guy at number three because I wanted to put him at number one, but then someone else got number one. But um, that's John Morant, man. I had, number, I had John Morant at number three. John Morant had a great week, like an insane 52 points, 38 points, 25 points. He was going nuts. But believe it or not, in my opinion, he was not number one, right? And that number... But he also wasn't number two. The number two, I personally thought this guy had a more consistent week 
and a lot more stats in different departments, right? So, um, I give it to the Greek Freak, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah, number two. He played really well this week. Uh, excuse me. I thought he played better than Ja. I mean, not by much, realistically. It was neck and neck. But um, overall, um, I, th- I gave it to Giannis, man. I just thought I just favored Giannis a little bit more than Ja's performance, right? And also, being the fact that it's like MVP, like like v- like ratings and stuff, I I took into the fact that like whose team, like like all that standings and all that and all that jazz, and also who did better throughout the week, the wins, all that fun stuff, right? But um, Yaz is number two, but he's not number one, ladies and gentlemen. This guy's number one is a beast. He's been a beast for a minute now, and that man also broke a record this week, right? I believe he did. And without further ado. Drum roll, please. That man is the Boston Celtic, Jason Tatum, bro. For the first time on my goal of the week, Jason Tatum gets that goal of the week, bro. Jason Tatum had, like, a 37-point game, 31-point game, and 54-point or 54-point game. What? Like, dude, you're unconscious at that point. You just you you you're sleeping and shooting. Like you're literally with your eyes closed. You're just shooting the basketball. It's just going in. Like you you just you just I'm too good, man. But for me, man, Jason Tatum, even with only three games played, he still outperformed Cha and Giannis for my in my opinion. So for that, man, Jason Tatum, congratulations for the first time on making um the goal being the goal of the week, man. I can definitely see it, but you're going to be really mad at my list. Let's just say that. Why? Why I, I, really I, mad? I, 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 I agree with my. I agree with my list, though. I don't think I'm going to be really mad. I hope I'm not really mad. Oh God! All right, go ahead. But before we do that, we do have an audio message from Mr. Motivation. So let's hear what he's got to say. Okay. Okay. No, this is crazy. Like I'm going back through his Instagram, and I'm going through the pages of Instagram. And I can't find them. But I promise you, the day that Charlotte FC came out. The man said, it's game day, let's go, and he had on a full jersey. So that's why I was like, oh, he's in the freaking, he's on the freaking team? And now I can't find him, bruh. <laughs> bruh, really? Have me out here lying to people, bruh. I mean, the guy ain't on the team, bruh. He ain't on the team. Ain't no way he on the team. All good, man. All good. <laughs> hey, man, it happens, Mr. Motivation. It happens, bro. It happens. That's, that but, is true. It does happen. But uh, let's, get in, let's get into my NBA GOAT of the week. And uh, at number 10, my honorable mentions, I got DeJounte Murray, my guy, at number 10. He just made it slightly. And number two, uh, no, not number, number two, number nine, I have Trey Young, like Eric said, the balding and also balling guy. At number eight, I got... Uh, What's his name? Uh, Brandon Ingram. That's what his name is. Uh, number eight, I got Brandon Ingram. At number seven, I got LeBron James. And at number six, you might be, you might be wondering why. I got John Morant. He did not make my top five, but he made number six. And uh, I'll get to those questions later after I'm done. But top five. And at number five, I got Eric's GOAT of the Week, Jason Tatum, at number five. Um, I just didn't think he produced enough on the defensive end. Obviously, he had great three games, but also I take accountable he had three games as well. And I think these other guys deserve more recognition because they did play another game, and uh, they had a little bit better stats on the defensive end. But um, 
At number four, I got my boy De'Aaron Fox. He had a balling out throughout this week. He had great defense and shooting very high percentage and also scoring a lot of points. At number three, Eric Carl Anthony Towns. Great week he had for him as well, defensively as well. At number two, I got Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis Antetokounmpo had a great week as well, defensively, offensively, does everything. He's the Greek freak. But at number one, I got a guy who's a second-timer. He's been had a very, in my opinion, one of the most consistent weeks in the four games throughout this week. And I got to go with, and also, crazily, on the steel defensive end, I got to go with the boy. Oh, sorry. Drum roll, please. Drum roll, drum roll, drum roll. There you go. I got to go with the boy from OKC, Chai Gilgis Alexander, second timer on my GOAT of the week. And he had like a 30-plus point game. He had three 30-plus point games and a 29-point game this week. And uh, he had like a double-double in one of them. His assist, his, sister, his assists were very high. And also his steals. He had 10 steals and two blocks in four games. Absolutely insane. But the only thing you can say is his turnover ratio. That I can't. That, that, that I kind of don't like about it. But everything else was insane. So congratulations to Shy. David, I ain't gonna lie. I was screaming the entire time. Yo, bro. Oh my gosh. What just happened? What? I'm like smiling. I'm not like mad. I'm not like raw. Like, oh my gosh, I was terrible. You know what I mean? Like, but hold up. Hold up. I ain't gonna lie. The first, the DeJounte? Yeah. If you, if you look at his stats. Stop. Chris Wilson dropped 44. What? Yeah, but the other days he dropped 20 and he dropped 19, I believe, in one of his games. Did he have a double double, triple double? No. But, but DeJounte? DeJounte? Nah. DeJounte, and also DeJounte Murray had eight steals in three games. So What about Drew Holiday? Good. What about Drew, Drew Holiday? Holiday? I don't know his numbers, so I can't tell you. I don't have oh. him on my list, so. Uh, I don't feel like going through his numbers right now, so like, whatever. Uh, what's it called? Nah, Giant Six? Yeah, I just think he didn't produce enough on the defensive end. And he also had 14 turnovers. He was very high. He started off the week he started off the week with a bang, but then the last two games he had like 22 and I think 26. The last game, yeah, I thought he had like 14 in one of them. I don't know if I'm bugging or not, but the last game was terrible. I agree with that. But like, dang, at six, and then Jason at five? Oh, my. Again, you know, defensively. Ladies and gentlemen, no, 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 no. But the defense, what's it called? If he had played one more game, there's no way he's not your go of the week. I'm sorry. No, there's... if he played one more, no, if he played one more game, he would be my go of the week, hundred percent. But he did not play the extra game, and also his defense. He only had one block in three games. But because he was too busy scoring fifty four points on Kevin Durant's mouth. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the whole game, the whole game is not about scoring. That's the only thing. As uh... I have to acknowledge other people who participate more on the defensive side as well. Uh, I'm glad we agree on Giannis because like, I was scared about the Giannis one. I didn't want to put him over Jaw in a sense, but Giannis kind of does everything, so we had to. He does. Um, can I just point out though, Nikola Jokic was not on our list. Oh, yes, because he only played two games. Like, guys like did not want to play like the third game or something. If he played the third game, I think we would have made it because he had a 46 point triple double, but we couldn't like absolutely insane. But oh my gosh! I when you said Jason Tatum at five, I was like, "There's no way!" I was like, "Oh my gosh!" But hey, man, wait—you got shy twice too? Yeah, 
Wow. I don't even have him once, I don't think. That's interesting. So he must be high on your list. I think, at least. Somewhat. But either way, um, we're going to go with the top 10, right? Really quick on our goal of the week list. Yeah, like, top, top 10, yeah. All right. I, I, do I have to really explain the rules? I mean, like, you guys have heard it like 80 times. Nah, like, we, yeah. But it was, um, so I'll go off with, first of all, I want to mention all the people that are not in the top 10. Right? So we'll start off with Trey Young. Trey Young actually dropped out of the top 10 recently. Right? So now he's 11th. Right? That's kind of awkward. Trey Young's at 11th. Um, he's 30, he has 39 points and one goal of the week. Um, Carl Anthony Towns moving up the list. He's now 15th with 22 points. Um, Chris Middleton. I honestly don't even hold up. Give, give me, give me a second, ladies and gentlemen. I don't know where Chris Middleton is on my list. Oh, he's right here. Okay, Chris Middleton. Oh, I have fifty-seven people on this list, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. And Chris Middleton is number forty-one with seven points. Right. Um, Drew Holiday is number thirty-eight with eight points on this list. Um, De'Aaron Fox recently just joined the party. Um, like I said before, it was my first time selecting him, and I haven't had him all this all this year. So De'Aaron Fox is number forty three with six points, right? Um, also, Shy Shy Alexander or Shay, depending on how you say it, right? Um, he recently just jumped into the top twenty. He's now seventeenth with twenty points, and now I can go to my top ten. Here we go. So at number ten, I have James Harding with thirty nine points and one goal of the week. At number nine, pushing himself into the into the top ten. Finally, he finally he deserved this a long time ago, but my stats said otherwise, obviously. But um, John Morant at number nine, he has forty points as a total man. No go to the week though. At number eight, moving down the list significantly, or not significantly, just like one place. Um, LeBron James is at number eight now with forty five points and one go to the week. And at number seven, jumping up the list is Jason Tatum with 46 points and one goal of the week. At number six, I literally have no idea how this man is actually still here, but he is. Um, is Kevin Durant with 47 points and no goals of the week, man. Kevin Durant, that just goes to show how much impact he had in the beginning of the season before he got hurt. That's how let's that's how let you know that he was a favorite to win MVP before he got hurt as well because he's still in the top ten as a whole, right? But here goes my my top five. It remains the same, just the point difference is, is different. Um, at number five, I have Luka Doncic with fifty seven points and one goal of the week. At number four, I have Demar Derozan with sixty seven points and three goals of the week. At number three, I have Joel Embiid with sixty nine points and three goals of the week. And now Giannis closing the gap at number two. I have Giannis Antetokounmpo with eighty two points. And one goal of the week. And number one, I have Nikola Jokic still with 97 points and two goals of the week. So, Giannis, he's getting closer. He's getting closer to Nikola Jokic. Jokic has been gone for a while now. He, um, he's got a 30-point lead on DeRozan. Um, <laughs> and DeRozan's in fourth. He's got a 28-point lead on Joel Embiid on my thing right here as well. So, And these are all, you have to take into consideration the fact that Joel Embiid was hurt for a while. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Jokic has that big gap on these guys. Um and he's got a big gap on Giannis. But Giannis is closing it, David. It's only um what's the difference on that? I forgot. I did I did the math. Ninety seven minus 15. Yeah. So maybe two weeks from now, Giannis new we have a new leader unless Jokic steps up. If Jokic starts playing every game, we'll see what happens. I mean he only wants to play two games a week, I guess. Yeah man, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But I'm excited to hear your top ten now. 
All right, at number 10, I got John Moran with 40 points, no ghost of the week. Number 9, I got Jason Tatum with 40 points and one go to the week. At number 8, I got Kevin Durant with 45 points and two go to the week. At number 7, I got Trey Young with 47 points and one go to the week. At number 6, I got DeMar DeRozan with 53 points and no go to the week. At number 5, I got LeBron James with 53 points and two go to the week. At number 4, I got Luka Doncic with 53, 56 points and no go to the week. And at number three, I got Nikola Jokic with four, uh, 68 points and no goats of the week. And at number two, I got Joel Embiid with 70 points and three goats of the week. And at number one, I got Giannis Antetokounmpo, new number one, with 76 points and one go to the, go to the week. So Giannis is your MVP right now? As of right now, yeah. I mean, I know you like rooting for Jokic in a sense, but like, you're like, all right, okay, okay. Jokic has I'm start playing. playing. You can't just do two games a week. I'm biting my tongue. I Jokic is MVP. No, I'm kidding. What's it called? Um, no, nah, I, I I like your list. I also I find it interesting how like where's John Murray on your list? Ten, you said. Ten. We but we both have him with forty points. Isn't that weird? How's that? Yeah. Add, how's that add up? So they started like, a little later. Yeah, we both have him at forty points. Also, Luca, you have him at fifty six points, right? Right. And does he have a goal of the week or no? Yeah, it's nothing. All right, I have Luca with fifty-seven points and one goal of the week. You know, what I say like it's weird how like kind of like the list comes together as a whole. But um, yeah, man, I'm surprised you have LeBron that high. That's crazy. Five? Wow. You got two goals. Go to the week though. Yeah, I only have him with one, but still, man, I love it. All right, well, that just it just goes to show. Also, ladies and gentlemen, like for I just want to say like this for my top five as well, like. My top five is kind of, like, solidified in a sense. Like, Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum are in – Kevin Durant's only, the only person in range right now, realistically, to catch Luka on one week, right? And he would have to get go of the week. You know what I'm saying? But Luka is is clear of six, right? And DeMar is clear of Luka with with 10 points, by 10 points. And Joel Embiid are DeMar, like, neck and neck. And then it just goes Giannis and Jokic for me. The two people that are probably getting the most least recognition, right, recognition. Are at my top of the go of the weeks. Is that crazy? Yeah, that's right. But I, mine's pretty much fair game. Pretty much top three, one go to the week can change everything. But um, yeah, that's pretty much it, man. Great show. I think it's time to wrap it up. What do you think? Yeah, man, for sure. Awesome. I just want to say thank you to everyone who took the time out of their day just to listen to us. You know, we appreciate you guys. You guys are awesome, and don't forget it. Also, if you're new here. Please give us a follow on the Stereo app. This is, the Stereo app is where we do our live shows. So if you want to interact with us, give us audio messages. Please click our faces on the Stereo app and interact with us here on our live shows. But um, wait, give me a second. My throat's getting a little, little. Take your time, my friend. Take your time. No worries. Sorry, I get a little raspy. My apologies, but oh God, no worries. Um. Uh, if you're listening to this show on other any other platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the Anchor app, please give us a follow on all those po- on all, on all those platforms, and uh, please like and review those podcasts on those platforms as well. We appreciate you guys when you guys share it and tell us what you guys think if you guys love it because we really appreciate you guys' opinion, really we really do. But um, also we do have a YouTube channel. It's called Dini Takeover. So please give us a, a subscribe on that as well. And also, um, we have four videos up at the moment. We got a couple coming to you guys soon. So turn those post notifications on and also like and comment on the videos. And we got one one video coming out that I really need your list I need the listeners' help in this one. And giving out giving giving something. 
So you, you'll see the video when it happens, but I need some help. Relax. No, no, no. I need help. But regardless, you'll see that when it comes up. But also, we do have a Twitter. The ad's called Remeet, and the name's called Dini Takeover, so please give that a follow. Also, we do have a TikTok. It's called Dini Takeover. And also, we have an Instagram. It is called official underscore DE underscore takeover. Say it again, official underscore DE underscore takeover. And that's when you get updates when we go live. Interact with our hot take segment. Interact with our post. And also, um, also DM us if you have any questions or other stuff and other stuff just to talk to us as well. And also, if you want to get to know me and Eric a little bit on a personal level, you can follow my Instagram. It is David underscore Rod underscore O2. And Eric's is Eric underscore Hines 16. Beautiful. So please go give those a follow. And everything I just mentioned, all the social medias are in the link in the description, uh, in the, the link in the bio on our Instagram. So please click it and you'll see all of our socials, all of our podcasting platforms and all that stuff. So um, other than that, be sure to tune in on Thursday to see our quote of the week, our NBA predictions to see if Eric closes the gap, our big deal, not a big deal, our hot take segment. And that's pretty much sums up our Thursday episode. So don't tune in. Don't be late. Um, also, really quick before we sign off, David, um, I have bad news for the entire league. What happened? Um, Victor Oladipo is back. What does that mean? Home Depot, Depot is back? What is that going to do? Bro, what? What is that going to do? Home Depot. Victor Oladipo. Home Depot is back. I, I don't know. The guy's been out for two years. I really don't know how he's <laughs> Yo! He said, he said Home Depot's back. I was <laughs> I don't know how he plays, so I, I can't. He's, he's been out for like one and a half a year, so see this, what happens. This Heat team scares me every single day, bro. Oh, my gosh, bro. Tyler Hero's on hair. Why is he at 20 points? What the? Like, why is he six man of the Heat? Why is he a new Lou Williams? Like, what's going on? What's good with this guy? Uh, guy's just a beast, man. Sorry, wait, I just gotta check this really quick. Really, really quick, really quick, really quick. Um uh, sorry, sorry, I just wanna check this really quick. Um am I going the wrong way? I think I'm going the wrong way. Which hold up, I'm trying to look at Tyler Hero's game log. Right? March. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In March alone, the last three games, bro, dude, freaking 30, 27, and 21. In February, he was 24, 19, 15, 25, 27, and 20. Like, what is this guy on? Off the bench? Jeez, man. But either way, ladies and gentlemen, we love and appreciate every single one of you guys. Thank you guys for popping out um, as usual, man. Um, this wouldn't be able to be done without you, so we appreciate you guys as always. And it's been your boy, Easy Eric Hines. And your boy, the Oracle D-Rod. And we're out. Peace. Peace. Peace.